counting down to the next episode of Mad About Mad About You. Boop. Ten. Boop boop. Nine. Eight. What? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Oh, sorry. Three. Oh, gosh. Wait. Two. I'm going to be sick. One. Oh, no, I'm fine. It's time for the next episode of Mad About Mad About You. If Mad About You was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's Mad About Mad About You. That was orchestrated nicely. Oh, sure. You almost vomited in the middle of we it. We spent that a week working on working that out. Yeah, it worked pretty well. A week. It took us a week and I'd give us maybe like a B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we started working on that a year ago. <laughs> and we'll we'll crack it any day now. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it back next year. <laughs> Well, welcome back, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, to uh, Mad About Mad About You, your Mad About You recap podcast. I'm Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And John, how's it going? How's your day? It's hanging. It's hanging? Your day's hanging? Yeah. It's relatively uneventful. Like I told you, I've been furniture shopping, and there's this beautiful desk from the 1930s on oh, wow. a website called Apt Deco. Why not? <laughs> One of you okay. wants to beat me to it, go for it. It's only 50 bucks. It's oh, wow. definitely a little beaten up. Okay. I can't decide if I want it or not. And apparently, this website tells you how, how many other people have it in their cart. So there's four of us just sitting there looking at this thing, trying well, to that, figure out if it's worth it. Are you going to, like, timeshare it? Or, like, yeah, yeah. you each... <laughs> You each get the desk for yeah. a season. One's an accountant, so he's going to be taking it from uh, <laughs> January sure. to April. That makes sense. That's only fair. Yeah. One is a teacher. A teacher, sure. So they'll be doing it from the mostly most the autumn, you know. Right. When okay. The year comes back. Mm-hmm. Santa wanted it for around Christmas time. Uh, he's very busy then. Yeah. Sure. Not for him, but for his. Uh, I don't know. Some. Yeah. You no no no. I understand. Underling. Yeah. And then <laughs> Caribbean cruises wanted it. For- I'm not in this deal. So you're not I'm, even yeah, going to get it. Yeah, just, oh, John. Uh, I'm making things happen. I'm a facilitator. Getting, well, that's very nice. I hope you're making a nice, a decent profit. Yeah, I get 1% of the sale. And I, oh, 1%? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So you're making, uh, well, how's my math? What are you making in that? You're making 50 cents? 50 cents, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's two quarters. I can rub together. That You know, that's all you can ask for. In How this are life. you? I'm fine. My desk is good. I had food poisoning or something earlier this week. It was not pleasant. I had a day off from work. You know, I and had then, some very yeah. nice food poisoning about a month ago. Did you? Yeah, it was very nice. Oh, lucky. Yeah. It was, I had some people over. <laughs> Doctor, nurse. That's fun. Yeah, apart from that, it wasn't as bad as it could have been by a long shot. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it could have died. I, okay, yes, you're right. In that case, it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been because while I was sick, I wasn't I wasn't as sick as I've been in the past. You were uncomfortable. Yes. 
because it wasn't a huge catastrophe, the next day I went back to work and I was just like in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to take it easy. I'll have some special K for breakfast. I'll have some tea, not coffee. Okay. Then by the afternoon, I was like, okay, lunchtime. I am hungry. The atomic guacamole burger. Yeah, I'm like, sushi, later on coffee, fantastic. And it's like, Russ, what the hell you are your you doing? Back. Yeah, but I, I did, look, I did, and I wound up being fine. But yeah. still, it's just like, take it easy, dude. Yeah, I know, we can't lay off one day. Use a little caution. Yeah, try, try to remember back less than 24 hours when you were just like, I don't know. I don't know how the rest of my life's going to be. I mean, humans get over things very quickly. I guess so. We have to. We adapt. Yeah, we're we're listen. We're too hot blooded to eat special K for a whole day. You know what? I'm just a creature. I'm <laughs> evolutionarily predisposed to have sushi and coffee for lunch the day after food poisoning. <laughs> That's a disgusting combo. <laughs> I like to dip. I love. <laughs> oh gosh, John. Disgusting food and timeshare desks aside, we watched Mad About You again. We sure did. Week. We watched. Two, we did. Yeah, we watched the season two finale, which is mm -hmm. two episodes. Yes, that aired we back weren't to sure. Back. We weren't sure how we were going to do it if we were going to do one episode this week, one episode next week. But since they aired back to back, we decided to bring you a combination episode this week. So yeah, you know, we could have done Russ. What's that? Recorded two episodes and dropped them back to back. That's true, but no need. I think no need yeah, at all. No need. <laughs> What's less than a need? That's what it is. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> this is episode number 46 of Mad About Mad About You. Wow. Yeah. Almost there. Almost at 50. Oh, Have yeah. You rated? Get those Have reviews you in. You're going to feel like real idiots. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to make you. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been, uh, you know, sitting on a hot review, we started this campaign. 50 for mm -hmm. 50, purely because the numbers came out of one of our mouths. I don't remember whose. Mine. Russ's. And uh, there was a nice, uh, what's what's the adjective? Symmetrical? symmetrical? Yeah, but like symmetricity. Synchronicity? Yeah, but uh, not, not that. Because it's I think balance. You wanna say. I think you want to say, yeah, there was some nice balance or it was, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say, but it's not. It's well, symmetry you're about as helpful as the paper clip and word. <laughs> what if what if Clippy just said, I don't know what you're trying to yeah. say? <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, that help? I'm trying to say it had a nice balance to it. So he said 50 by 50, 50 reviews by episode 50. Yes. We have four episodes left. Many people do listen on a delay. Mm -hmm. We've gotten a handful of reviews, which have been a delight and uh, I think very helpful in terms of improving visibility on uh, iTunes yeah. and everything. Just but, so you folks know, just so you folks know, yeah. yeah, we don't just want you to do this because it's just, oh, it's so nice when people say things. No, we're trying that's, to get the word lovely. out. Yeah, the, the, the more you folks rate and review, that raises our visibility to iTunes. We're pretty sure. In the algorithm, yes. Because that's and, what other podcasts say. Yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly right. It must happen. It must happen that way. Yeah, and yeah. then from there... They shine brighter lights on the podcasts that get rated and reviewed yeah. more frequently. So we've about and 30... then and then we're able to spread the to spread the word a little bit more. We've about thirty reviews to go. Yeah, <laughs> but we're almost there. We are moving along. But we got. A... I've got nothing but faith in y'all. Same, same. So uh, get those in because we are full steam, full speed ahead. 
And I've got nothing but faith. I look. I know that I've got a mother who's got a lot of time on her hands, who Has can not. absolutely can absolutely rate and review upwards of twenty times on her own. So <laughs> it's not so that easy work a process, though. I'll tell you that. No, of course not. Oh, what am I doing? It's very easy. <laughs> we sound so like a PBS telephone or something. Yeah, <laughs> dig deep, everybody. Yeah. Reach down, you know, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can rate and review. <laughs> and a roll of sushi. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about season two, episodes 24 and 25, which are parts one and two of With This Ring is the name of the episode. Yeah, these premiered on May 19th, 1994. With so, yeah, This Ring. I with way. This Ring. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Was the season finale of season one an anniversary episode? It was. So this is a thing. Yeah, they I timed believe it. so. At least so far, it's a thing. What a well-engineered series. Do we? Li- That's true. Do we know when they were to have gotten married in reality? Yes, I think about this time. Is it May? Is it a spring wedding? I think so. That's great. I like that. Yeah, and they've been married for like a couple months or something when the show premieres. Yeah, you, you know what that makes? That's true. That's when their that apartment's in shambles. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah, I do too. It, it's timed out nicely. I like the idea. I'm 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 interested in seeing if season 3 similarly ends. They an all better now. Yeah. I'm not joking. I'm serious. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it feels I'm too deliberate now. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you've you've established a pattern. Yeah, yeah. Now you you need must to, follow it. Now, now you need to stick with. It. Yeah, we'll find out if uh, season 3 ends this way. In uh, the year 2022. So we're very excited. <laughs> uh, so you want to hear the TV guide? Very much. So there's two. Should yeah. I read them both now or should I just do one now and do one later? Let's do, Let's do one, one now, now, one later. Yes. Okay. Say we're very conservative TV guide readers. We say, listen, I'm only going to read exactly what I'm about to watch. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. Yeah. I don't want to spoil the next half hour right now. It would say Go ahead. part one of two. Ooh, interesting point. That interesting um, way of saying it. Part one, they use the digit one, but of two, they write T W O. That drives the proofreadery <laughs> part of me insane. Almost as if they were like tweeting. <laughs> Except, all right, yeah. I need you to skip ahead to the other review Russ. and see. Did did they do the same thing? No, no, no. Okay, they say conclusion. They did. Oh. Wait, wait. So the first the first one they say part one of two, and the second one they just say conclusion? Yeah, you want them to say introduction in the first one? I want them to Yes! That would be or crazy, I want Russ. To, introduction. Or, or I want them to say part two of two in the second I one. I agree. What are we talking about? I don't know. I guess everyone was out. It was the summer. <laughs> Forget it. I don't want to hear this summer anymore. <laughs> All right. I'm so mad. No, go ahead. <laughs> Paul loses his wedding ring the day before his anniversary, and Mark tries a Zen approach to finding it. Just say Paul loses his wedding ring the day before their anniversary. Yep, but I mean, look, I hear you and I agree. But what happens if you love Mark and you are well, very excited? This I can relate to. There you go. You're right. Yeah, if it were me reading that, I'd be like, "Oh, loses his ring, stupid." Ooh, Mark is here. Great, I'll watch that. That's interesting. You are right. Wow, yeah. Richard Kind's that much of a pullback that I love that. He really is. They knew what they had. <laughs> they did. They, they did knew they what they had. 
<laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. Yeah. There we go. That's that. That's that part you of know, the show. <laughs> I've been getting a little more laissez-faire, I think, with my judgments of these uh, TV guide descriptions. Yeah. It's hard to write a description. You know, they do a good job. <laughs> yeah. It, you're, suddenly you're just like, look, everybody's just trying to earn everybody's a buck. Just, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> there, we're all people, you know. Yeah. Live and let live. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 1992. This person could be a, a war vet. It's 94. I'm gonna, it's 94. That's right. It's 90. It's 94 rather. Still, <laughs> this person could be a veteran. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna bust the veterans' chops over over. Uh, that's their, an interesting point. You know. Uh huh. You don't. You don't know if they had a, a bad day. That's what my. Back when I used to play sax in in my high school. Brother. We had. <laughs> <laughs> we had. Uh, we had. Basically, like it was called Nisma, and you would practice. Nisma? So, yeah, I can't. Uh, New York School Mu- Music Association, something like that. New York State oh, School Nisma. Music. Oh, Nisma. NY- Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> yeah, Russ. Nisma. <laughs> so, this Nisma thing, and you would practice a piece. It's not me, and- it's my, you know? It's not me, it's my. It's Nisma. It's not Bill Nye. <laughs> that's all i'm saying anyway sorry continue <laughs> so doing nisma you would practice a piece and then and you would have to play you know play scales play your piece and do sight reading and you would get graded by you would go into <laughs> a, like school <laughs> yeah yeah but you it was it was all solo i see or so you would go into a classroom right with a teacher, right? Uh, you know, a music teacher who you don't know, and you'd play for them, and they would grade you, and you would get outstanding, excellent, good, very good, whatever it, you get rated. Right. Based on that, that's how you got into all county, or all state, or you know, all these things, and you would get placed if you want if you did well. You know, if I did poorly, or even just to like to lower the to lower the bar, my parents beforehand would be like, you know. The person who's adjudicating you, they're just they're just a person. And you don't know you don't know what kind of a day they had. It could be anything. They could, you know, they could take they could have had gotten into a fight with their husband or wife. Or they could have gotten into a traffic incident. So just like all That's these all ways true. to try to be yeah, just but it's also it's true, but it's also just like so when it doesn't work out it's not your fault if and when you don't succeed it's nothing that you did (laughs) who knows it could be any reason that that isn't that is not a a lack of of effective performance by you i mean that's a classically fatalistic perspective (laughs) that sounds right on point (laughs) um so yeah so that's mad about you Hey, Russ, what other shows were on TV? You're watching NBC. Oh, John. Johnny, I watched some stuff. It was fun. Are there you was really a sweet short story. Yeah, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> the night was moist. The night was moist. I was about to say it. Oh, Throw Mama from the Train is so good. What's Dark and Stormy Night from? Everything. Oh, okay. But. Funny that we're painting such a picture because at eight o'clock on CBS okay. this very night yes. was the Twilight Zone. What? Rod Serling's Lost Classics. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Rod Serling's widow went into his, uh, they, they went into their garage and she found a box and found one, I think, a short story and also a full length script. And they had not been produced. And so she had them fleshed out and the short story was turned into a full piece. And the second one was a, an hour long piece. Yeah, it was the the evening was hosted by James Earl Jones Aww. doing the yeah, doing the the you know, direct to camera Rod Serling. Was he in an episode blah, of the blah, Twilight blah. Zone, like a famous episode? I think he might have been. I'm not positive. I don't know. I, I I'm honestly not positive about that. But I mean he just has he has the presence. Is he Darth He's got Vader? The voice. He's Darth Vader's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good gig. Being Darth Vader's voice? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. That's the best gig. <laughs> You tell me I don't have to wear the get up, <laughs> and I still get paid a bunch. Great, and and nobody's going to know who that other dude is. That when you think of Darth yeah, Vader, right? All you'll do right. is think of me. I know the name David Prowse because I'm a big dork about this stuff. Can I tell you, Russ? But I couldn't. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Never even heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> David Prowse? Yes, he's a British man. What else is he in? I don't know. I don't think anything. Ah, oh, this poor guy. Yeah. Just like, you know, you're, you're the most iconic character in movie history, you probably. Know, you know what a real awful thing to do would be? What's that? <laughs> Call him James Earl Jones all the time? No, send him a, if I was James Earl Jones, just send him a card once a year. <laughs> With like a $100 gift certificate to uh, the Cheesecake Factory. Or I was going to say the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Why is that the funniest thing you could send him a gift card to? Can't even use it out there, probably. Can't even have cheesecake factories in England. I I don't think so. A menu that big seems especially American. <laughs> wow! Oh so this gosh. is wild. So they made them. They did. They made them. The first it was two parts. The first was a piece called the theater, and I think the second one was called Where the Dead Are. I could be wrong about that. But the first one had Amy Irving. Gary Cole. Oh, I know Gary Cole. I love Gary yeah, Cole. Yeah, he's fantastic. Bingo Bob. Bingo Bob. Yeah, he's uh, he's wonderful in this. Bingo Bob from uh, West, West Wing. Wing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the loser agent from Entourage. Probably. I forget yep. his name. The last two seasons. He was from. He was in the Brady Bunch movie. And uh, oh, that's right. And Office Space. A million. Oh things. gosh, yeah, he's the boss in Office Space. That's yeah, probably one of his in, most famous roles. Yeah, he's in Veep now. James Earl Jones voiced that part though, right? In Office Space. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Pretty sweet gig. Well, that for that one, I feel like you kind of <laughs> want to be there. Uh, the, the, oh, please. James Earl Jones is the voice of that copy machine. <laughs> stop hitting me. <laughs> I demand you to stop beating me with that bat. Oh. I'm a Sith Lord and also copy machine. Oh, I didn't this know he was a Sith. You do, Oh, you know what, John? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the first the first one, Amy Irving, Gary Cole is in love with her. Well, they're they're dating and looking to maybe get engaged, but she's not sure if she wants to. And then he he kind of ruins something and he ruins their night out. They were going to go to see his girl Friday. Oh. Yeah, classic. I was watching that the other night. Yeah. Well, well it came up on me. last week's episode of Mad About That's Mad About right, you. that's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, tell me if this would have happened when she goes to see his girl Friday. She sees in the middle of the movie the conversation that she just had with Gary Cole. 
That's an interesting one. She sees herself having the conversation. And Gary, yeah, like suddenly everything that we, the audience, just saw is happening in front of her on the movie screen. So she sees herself and Gary Cole having the conversation. So she's not seeing the movie. That's correct. Okay. And then, well, that's not that interesting then. Well, then she goes back. That's like a trope alert. She's watching. She sees it on the screen. Well, maybe, but she she's watching it on the screen. Yeah, but she just had this conversation. So the implication is she's mulling it over and. Instead of watching the movie, she's watching it replay out in her head. I don't know how to explain it to you. Are all the Twilight Zone that... episodes this stupid and thin? <laughs> I'll tell you, the ones that they found in a box in the garage are. I see. Because I preferred this one to the second one. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're they're whatever. They're good. You know, I thought they were more like mind-bendy. This one just sounds like a, a, a common film convention Well, played out as if it's not. Well, that's because you're not understanding it. No, I um, am. <laughs> no, you're not, because I don't know, because I watched it, and at no point I've did never I see it. <laughs> at no point in my watching it did I think, oh, she's just preoccupied. She's thinking about this thing. It's clear in the filmmaking. Yeah. That she is actually seeing this on screen, and it's not in her mind. Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> that sounds a little too weird to me. A little. You think you think the Twilight Zone should have been called a little far fetched? <laughs> For that one, yeah. No one else <laughs> is seeing it, right? They're all watching the movie. That's correct. So and then. Well, then she goes and she sees Gary Cole again. And she's like, that was a funny joke that you played. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes to see the movie again. Again? And she's watching. Yeah. And as she's watching the movie, that time, she sees herself going up to Gary Cole and going, that was a funny joke you played. And him saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. She's, she sounds a little and batty. It's not her. Who is it? It's it's the Twilight Zone. Wait, is the Twilight Zone an actual zone? It's. Or an entity? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. No. no. Not really, right? It's just a term used to it's talk like an X- about X-File. It's... <laughs> <laughs> like all X-Files happen in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Twilight Zone is a it's a convention wherein they're able to tell spooky stories and yeah, we're that's what suppo- I thought. <laughs> but yeah, but you said it like it was controlling our mind. No, I didn't. You're really giving the, the zone, I think, a lot of power. <laughs> like you're letting the zone lead you through the plot of this episode <laughs> instead of instead of saying, no, this plot isn't twilighty enough. To exist in the Twilight Zone. You feel the thing? No, I don't. You know what? I love that you're, you're just saying I should be like, no, no, not real. That's not how it goes. But She's, no, not fake it's enough. It's in her head. Not fake enough. Oh. Not unreal enough is what I'm saying. Not Twilighty enough. Well, then she winds up seeing the future on screen and she sees her own death. Well, we all have anxiety about death. 
<laughs> You're right. It was a pretty stupid movie. I mean, it just reminds me of like, I don't know. Doesn't Woody Allen see himself on screen in Casablanca and uh, play it against Sam or something? Like, it's, you know, he's imagining he's putting himself in those shoes. I know. It's a little he's different. Not, it's a little he's different. He's not putting himself in shoes. It's not him saying, oh, I wish I was in that movie. Yeah, I know. It's her saying, boy, what a conversation we just had. It's not even that she's saying that. It's that it's just happening. Also, how long's the movie? It was two hours. Right. So, like, she watches two hours of their conversation or, like, two seconds and then it goes back to the movie? <laughs> It happened in the middle of the movie. I don't know if There's I a like little this blip. show. I can definitively say that you would not. Well, I'm, I've always been curious, but again, the other one. Well, you so know, you've seen have you seen no Twilight Zones? No, to the point where do you remember that Bobby Moynihan sketch where he played a a creature on the wing of an airplane? Yes, I didn't well, know, I don't that know the a, sketch, but I know that that's a thing. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that was a reference to anything until <laughs> a couple of years later. Oh. That's, I mean, look, that's, I get it. That's okay. Yeah, but, I can't watch it all. I mean, look, they are good. Uh, they sound the Twilight Zone is a very... Yeah. The, <laughs> do they? What are your other experiences with Twilight Zone? Because you don't seem to think that this is viable as a storytelling method at all. No, I do. I do. Uh, I, I, yeah, that was, this one in particular sounds a little more bland. That's all. That is fair. That's all. Like, like I said, nobody's ever... You know, Rod Serling didn't come up with a grand magnum opus of a script and then be like, oh, great. Let me put this in the uh, in a box. Oh, in that's the a good point. The actually. Right. Right. Yeah. He hit them intentionally. Or yeah. Or at least didn't do anything with them. That's his Twilight Zone. There you go. <laughs> he dies and then has to watch two shows he tried to bury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The second one had Jack Palance in it. Oh, got to love him. He also involved, like, the undead and zombies, and it took place in 1865. Oh, I hate zombies. And it was, uh, it 18, was weird. The end of the Civil War? Yeah. Yeah, it was in the Civil War. Was it the precursor to Abraham Lincoln versus the zombies or whatever that was? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, John. No, you idiot. They're different. <laughs> uh, 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 this reminds me of a bad date I was on once. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So uh everybody but John should watch this because it was fun and stupid. It's but on actually, YouTube? It's all the whole thing's on YouTube in two parts. I prefer like I said, I prefer the first one to the second. The first part is only thirty minutes. The F I R S T one to the number two N D. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, if you have the interest and the time, check it out. Why the heck not? Yeah, this as far as uh this is a good bad one to uh to watch right so i recommend what was going on in the news john from wnbc tv this is news for new york with chuck scarborough and pat harper dateline do, 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 do. go ahead victim and workers stop diamond theft a robber made off with about $1 million worth of diamonds at Kennedy International Airport yesterday. Oh, my God. But was caught moments later by his victims and some airline workers, a spokesman for the Port Authority police said. The gems belonged to a diamond dealer who was waiting with a friend to board a United Airlines flight to Los Angeles. And he said the dealer went to buy a soda. <laughs> 
<laughs> the most expensive soda of this guy's life. At about 6.20 p.m., leaving his friend with two suitcases containing the diamonds. Holy cow. About six men surrounded the friend and distracted him, saying things like, why don't you have a seat? And look... <laughs> And look, your jacket's a little wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> One of them grabbed the two bags and took off. The man saw it and screamed, thief, thief. The owner came back and they chased the suspect down an escalator. The diamond dealer caught up to the thief and after a short struggle, wrestled the suitcases, which, by the way, contain $1 million worth oh of diamonds, <laughs> away. Do you know what that is in sodas? <laughs> oh, that's a lot of soda. It's a lot of soda. Oh gosh, imagine trying to to drag a million dollars worth of soda around oh, the, here they, an airport. Here comes the New York Times with their stellar privacy. Oscar <laughs> Belfer, thirty one, where's he live? Thirty fifty one seventy first Street in East Elmhurst, Queens, <laughs> was arrested. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I guess it's conspicuous to handcuff it to your wrist, right? I wonder how these guys knew. I mean, handcuff it to your wrist, period. Yeah, but then everyone's going to be like, what's that? What's in there? Expensive things, important things that are handcuffed to my wrist. Right. Also, aren't diamonds very valuable? Like, what kind of trash diamonds do you need yeah. two suitcases yeah, to they carry? How, they could have just been a lot. Yeah, but like a little diamond is worth like thousands of dollars. Yeah, and these were worth $2 million. $1 million. They're probably... One million per suitcase, right? No, total. One million. Oh, I thought it was two million. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, a lot of money in diamonds. Probably pretty big diamonds. I feel like a million dollars worth of diamonds could fit in two pockets. <laughs> well, also, I think they're typically... Well, <laughs> diamonds are stored in two ways, I think. Okay. And that's either in a suitcase that is line that is uh in encased in foam right you know where the interior is all foam so that nothing gets damaged so the snatch or, approach or <laughs> or yes exactly or they all just get dumped into a little felt bag yeah right that's the other way the well, two the two ways you own you ever see diamonds i feel like i've seen are, them folded are in nestled in pa in paper like yeah, a tissue okay. paper like a like a okay. delicate uh, so that's a third but, but essentially, Great. that is still nestled. Sure. Yes, either nestled or squeezed. <laughs> nestled squeezed. Those are the two ways to transport diamonds. <laughs> Unless you're these lunatics. Oh, hey, hey Jerry, uh, what do you do? You, uh, are you a nestler or a squeezer? <laughs> oh, I squeeze. I squeeze him, baby. Dateline. <laughs> do, 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 do. Go ahead. Beetlemania on Wall Street. Okay. Not the kind you think, Russ. A rare insect has been discovered on Wall Street. The creature appeared in the vault of a downtown securities firm and in those of a jeweler and other companies. This is getting disgusting. The insects weren't eating money, but they were dropping dead in unsightly heaps. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so baffled pest control. So baffled the pest control experts called Louis Sorkin, maybe related to Aaron. Maybe knows, Aaron. <laughs> a forensic entomologist at the American Museum of Natural History. I do love that in New York, it's like, oh, we need an expert. <laughs> Let's call the museum. Yeah, that's true. That's how good the museum is here. Yeah. Sorkin's verdict? The insect was a Micromalthus debilis, 
The telephone pole beetle, a problem for the vaults, but a rare find for Sorkin. It lives in rotting wood in North America, but is seldom found. It must have been in wood used to build the vaults, and it thrived, as did pseudoscorpions and millipedes, all partial to the environment created by layers of damp, rotting, hard wood and mineral powder encased in steel. The vaults were giant rearing chambers, Sorkin said. Isn't that weird? Well, it's disgusting. It I know is that. disgusting, yeah. The Beatles' in-vault problem has been popping up all over in the past few years for no clear reason. Sorkin says it may be because of a particular batch of wood used in the making of the vaults. He and his colleagues collected thousands of the creatures, which may provide clues to the evolution of beetles and their relation to other insects. And never mind bear and bull. Perhaps the current decline in stocks should be called a beetle market. That's a great point. <laughs> wow. Oh, cut him some slack. <laughs> that's fun and gross. Yeah, that's a fun little New York nugget. How, how many banks do you think now have just millions of arthropods living? Yeah, I don't know. Them? I wouldn't want to go into the vault anymore. I'll tell you that much. No. Though I would never no. want to go in there. You get lost. <laughs> do, do you think this uh, article is a lie intended to detract people from trying to rob the vault? I'm a bank robber, but I hate bugs. It's like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sepsisurius Babalus. So oh, why did it have to be Sepsisurius Babalus? <laughs> it belongs in a museum. <laughs> no, it belongs in my wallet. <laughs> Speaking of money, FYI column. Ooh. We haven't touched this in a while. This is the last one. We'll close with this because, you know, right. none of the news has been that exciting this week. Sure. <laughs> Back then. Question. A friend of mine said that somebody is stamping, quote, lesbian money on bills in the city. Who would do this and why? A lesbian. Because they want the money. Interesting theory. <laughs> I don't know. A- answer. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's find out. There are several versions of this stamp, like the ones that feature a triangle symbol or say gay money or more money for AIDS. They're sold at the Oscar Wilde Memorial Bookstore on Christopher Street, which I've never heard of, so I assume it's closed, or I've been to several times and is definitely open and I just never noticed the name of it now that I'm thinking (laughs) about it. The point is to show that we are everywhere and that we spend money, said Bill Offenbaker, owner of the Oscar Wilde Bookstore. People use the stamp for visibility. Isn't that something? I like that answer better. Yeah, isn't that nice? That's great. Let's see if this bookstore still exists. Well, I'd say probably and say, why wouldn't it? But it wouldn't because of all the uh, the reason that all the other bookstores don't exist anymore. 2009, my friend. That's too bad. <laughs> yep. Citing the Great Recession and challenges from online bookstores. Yeah, that's about right. F-O-X. <clears throat> oh, but like yeah. the internet. So online. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest way to say that. Yeah, my dad's last name is online. <laughs> uh, that's all Tom, the news. It's for Tom print. Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks is Jacob Online. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all the news that's fit to print this week. <laughs> Great. I love it. Oh, boy. how f- We are like, oh, we're 40 minutes in. We have two episodes to discuss. That's not too far, actually. That's not a, too far. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're doing great. Well, this episode is a David Lynch. That's true. Before we do that, super quick, we've got a Twitter bot of the week. Ah, yes. I'm so sorry. No, it's quite all right. And you know what? It's on brand and on topic. Big shout out to at self-help books. Hey. 
If you're looking to sell self-help books or to buy self-help books, tweet at our friend guess, at self-help books. Yeah, tweet at them? Yeah. And then what? <laughs> I don't know. That's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> Is that really what their bio says? No, I haven't looked at their bio. I've just looked at their, their, their <laughs> name. <laughs> and I clicked on it to make sure that they were not an actual person. Oh, right. They, okay. <laughs> If yeah. We, so as long as we're not endorsing any actual people, yeah, only bots. Perish, perish the thought. So uh, thanks for listening at Self Help Books. Yeah, thanks. And if you haven't, rate review us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, it's the least you can do. <laughs> this is a David Lynch episode. Speaking of the it Twilight is. Zone, Mr. Tom Moore. Mr. Tom Moore directed it, and it was written by Mr. Jeffrey Lane, OG. Hey, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's it. It's great. <laughs> Some. What do you think of these episodes, John? Oh, Russ, you know, I watched them twice today, which is yeah. not good for these two. Yeah, well, let's let's start there. I also watched I watched these episodes twice. I watched one of them twice today, and the other I watched the first time a few days ago and then the second time today. Yeah. Two episodes twice in a day is a lot of a lot of times to watch Mad About You. Yeah. Especially these two. Mm -hmm. These aren't the funniest of the show, for sure. They're not. They're not. They're not the most electrically moving or dramatic of the show. Nope. Not a lot happens. <laughs> but the themes or issues they discuss when the second episode. <laughs> yes. Interesting. So the yes. first episode is sort of nothing, I guess, right? It's just an, it's an episode. Yes. These two, we were like, we went back and forth as to whether or not we were going to do this as a two parter or a one parter. And when I saw, it, I was like, oh, it's they're both called with this ring. Great, okay, it's an arc. And by the end of the second episode, I said to Jen, I was like, or by the end of the first episode, I was like, well, what's going to happen in the second episode? We've closed this episode. We've we just wrapped yes. this episode. They're and two separates. Yeah, and the second episode was just. Its own thing. Yeah. Basically. I know. I love that. I was, they flouted uh, convention. Oh, yeah. They said, I'm we like, don't need a cliffhanger. People stick around. <laughs> we don't need it to be continued. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is what they said. That's for sure. And we did. <laughs> we did. We stuck, we stuck around. And the way we're discussing having stuck around is by rubbing our eyes a lot. Well, I like the uh, second so, one more. Did you really? Yeah. I did not. I like the first one a lot more. Okay, so this will be a great podcast. There we go. Love it. So, first episode begins with a cold open. <laughs> it's, I like it. This feels like a summary of Mad About You in a little couplet or whatever. Yes, very good cold open. They're sitting on the couch. Paul says, what's the name of that guy? Jamie says, Pinter. No, not Pinter. With the boat, Magellan. Not Magellan, Onassis. Jamie says, Onassis. Paul says, that's it. And that's it. That's it for the cold open. Yeah. Paul trying to remember somebody's name. Jamie pitches two names. Can't get it. Paul gets his on, on his own. Jamie confirms. Moving on. That yeah. is marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it an awful lot. It's very quick. First scene is in the kitchen, and Paul is on the phone with his mother. Oh, he's wearing a, you know, I think the vest really works. Wearing a great vest. Right? This, this, I think this vest is the vest from the season one DVD still. Ah, okay. When we're trying to select, when we're selecting which episode we're going to watch, it's Paul and Jamie for season one. Oh, I it's see. It's a big picture of them. 
and he's got a vest on, and I think this is the vest. I white never t-shirt and this vest. I think that's what's going on. Gotcha. I think it's a good look. Sure. And she's in pajama chic. Yeah, pajama chic. I like that. Yeah, so Paul's on the phone with his mom, and he's talking about the impending anniversary. It's Jamie and Paul's anniversary, like we said. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Not today. Not today, but tomorrow. This really comes into play. That is true. Jamie wants the two of them to be alone. And Paul is looking through the fridge. He says, there's no food in this house. And Jamie freaks out. She says, yes, there is. It's behind the pot roast. Oh, that killed me. Me too. She doesn't even want Paul's mother to overhear that they have no food in the house. Yeah. A a great. I always think of Everybody Loves Raymond for these beats. It's the same joke. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The insecure goy. (laughs) And, And rightly so. Oh, yeah. Because that Jewish mom has beaten the hell out of her. So Paul agrees to lunch with his mom at 2.30. Jamie is not thrilled with this. And then Fran calls because she has planned lunch with the two of them vis-a-vis Jamie. Yep. And Jamie also knows that Paul's sister has planned lunch with the two of them as well for the next day. So they're going to have three lunches. Paul says six, seven hours tops. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, so they is have this a thing? I've never wanted to take anyone out. Zero times. It is not a thing. But I buy it. I buy it in that don't. era, maybe. No. Why Why is that a, a thing that is done? Or if I was married, I could see wanting to take out a newly married couple. Uh, no. You All call right. them. You send a card. If they have a party, you attend the party. And you insist on taking them to lunch. To- <laughs> I don't think you do. I certainly wouldn't. Okay. And if I was going to, here's the thing. If I was going to say, you guys have been married a year. I love you dearly. I would love to get you a meal. How about we celebrate your anniversary on a day that isn't yes. your anniversary? Yes. I would never write. That, and the, I'm like, look, that's a stretch in and of itself. I don't I'm working so. hard. I'm working hard for that, but I can see that. I would <laughs> never be like, oh, it's your anniversary. Let me take you to lunch. Yeah, you're not working nearly as hard as I had to figure out that Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, did you at the end? No. No, well, no, no, no. I figured it out. I just don't think <laughs> much of it. You figured it out. You just don't think that I think you figured it out. <laughs> you think I watched it wrong. You're in the zone. <laughs> I'm in the zone. So Paul looks in the fridge. He goes to scramble a egg, as he points it, as he calls it. And uh, he points out they have a yeah they have a egg and he's going to scramble it in olive oil. Russ, Matt, uh, fan of the pod, mm-hmm. loyal listener Mac Jackson mm-hmm. must be screaming at his radio right now because you just glossed over a MacGyver joke. I did, didn't I? Like it was nothing. Well, I like did not mean it to. Was nothing. Please bail me out, John. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, we'll do a little plug here. Uh, one of our first listeners, I feel like maybe the first one. One of our first us. listeners, certainly a very, very loyal listener. Yeah, Mr. Fred. Matt Jackson, who has two podcasts of his own, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got the Never Gets Old podcast, which I enjoy yep. very much. The MacGyver Absolutely. podcast. And then I mm-hmm. think he also maybe has a Stargate one for you yes, Stargate fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, look at it. The man is prolific. We could barely get one out a week. This <laughs> out three. Uh, but he pointed out to us early on that there were a handful of MacGyver jokes throughout the series. Yes. And I remember wanting to stay tuned for those. 
then mm-hmm. they happen so sporadically, it's part apart that, like, you know, I can't keep track of, you know, I can't really pay attention. But then, you know, one comes by, it's impossible to miss. Yeah. There you go. What are they? What's, uh, do you remember the joke? Yes. Paul's looking at the food in the fridge. He says, we have one egg, one tomato, and 16 packets of duck sauce. If I was MacGyver, I could make a Jeep out of this. <laughs> it's a good joke. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Mac. And thank you, Mac. So, yes, he, then at that point, he goes to scramble the egg in olive oil, which he says he makes a mess or he, he makes a mess out of the olive oil, which I do not see the mess happen. It looks to me like he pours olive oil into a pan. Are you but, insane? What? Does it get everywhere? Yeah. Oh, the I mess. See. No. You're the right. mess. You're right. no. Yeah, he just pours it into what? a pan. What? It dumps into a pan. Yes. He pours more than he should. And you know oil. Oil spreads. Yeah. <laughs> you know how sometimes you pour that oil into a pan and then immediately no, it's, it's somehow all it over just gets stovetop. everywhere. I don't know how. It just, it just does. <laughs> so, yeah, they are cleaning up the mess. Jamie says, we have to clean this place up. We're seeing your mother tomorrow. Paul says, we're going there. She's not coming here. <laughs> Jamie says, she'll know, which is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> These sitcom moms are telepathic. <laughs> they they are. They are telepathic. So Paul decides he's going to go shopping. Jamie encourages him to eat a tomato. Yes. It looked like a delicious tomato, and I don't like tomatoes. It lo- it looked pretty good. Like only and, oh, only in California can you get a tomato like that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go again. Or the uh, Hamptons, a Hampton tomato. A Hampton tomato. Oh, you can eat them like an apple. Yeah. <laughs> this principle, right? She doesn't want Paul to go grocery shopping hungry. Right. Which is yes. a very. It's a principle I hear today, and I experience, and I'm shocked this didn't get a bigger laugh. They kind of gloss over it a little bit. I think they don't sure they? do, but it's very funny. Yeah. She it's says, "Funny, yeah." Last time you we well, went they shopping. Also- I think if they were more explicit, if they at no point does she say, yeah, you can't, you know, if you go shopping while you're hungry, you'll buy more than you need. She does. She says that's the joke. I know that's the joke, but I'm saying no, she but she says that what she says is the last time you went shopping hungry, you bought 16 Entenmann's. $34 of Entenmann's. $34 think, of Entenmann's. That's you think half of you audience is sitting there being like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, here's it. I think if they had said, if she had said, don't go shopping when you're hungry, last time you went shopping when you were hungry, you bought $34 worth of Entenmann's, that would have gotten a bigger joke. Boy, you really think a, a bigger people laugh. need a whack in the head. But to be fair, they didn't laugh, so... <laughs> yeah! You're talking to me like Boy, I'm... Russ, you have like no faith in these people. <laughs> these people who didn't laugh at the joke. <laughs> I could relate to it very much. I try not to go food shopping when I'm hungry. I'll be sure to make a list. I always do better when I make a list. We all do better when yeah. we make lists. That's true. No, I think it's just me. <laughs> I love a list. It's I a me love thing. a list. Oh, I love a list. <laughs> Richard Kind is making a lot of I gotta. Say, I, know, I don't know why I got to stop doing that. No, you don't. It's Are annoying. you kidding me? It's it is annoying. Not. <laughs> Jamie specifically wants Paul to pick up the thing we don't like. Last time you went shopping you bought $34 worth of Entenmann's. All right, fine. So what do, you, what do you want me to get? You know, eggs and bread. Oh, okay, those things. What things? Those things we don't like. If we don't like them, why am I getting them? Because you like them. I don't even know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, you do. Those things. All right, so I'll get, I'll get a whole box of those. A bag. <laughs> Maybe somebody there will know what I'm talking about. That's a fun little bit of business. Yeah, it's a very... 
it's very hard to write a joke like that about mm-hmm. a thing that you don't name, I think. <laughs> I agree. The box so to they, bag bit killed me. Yes, very funny. So they get to the grocery store. And in front of the grocery store, Paul is doing what you do in front of every grocery store. He's buying a hot dog. Okay, now we had these in Ohio. Hot dog carts in front of grocery stores? Yeah, did you have these in Long Island? No, I don't think so. We had bratwurst carts. You could there were certain grocery stores, certain chains. Yeah. And then that became popular. Other chains started doing it. Where they on Saturdays, (laughs) there'd just be a bratwurst cart out front. That's pretty okay. Yeah. I've never seen it at a New York bodega. Mm-mm. Like this one is from the outside. Mm-hmm. This grocery store was very strange, very confusing store. And then the brand on the cart—I forget what it was—but I was expecting, you know, like a sabret or something. Not oh, I look, I I hear what you're saying, but these people eat Rio cookies. Yeah, but they also bring in Zaybar's grocery bags. That's true. <laughs> how how did they rectify those two things? Yeah, how do you... I mean, honestly, how can you live in a universe where they, both those things are true? They wash their clothes with Tid, but they get their coffee from Zabar. Yeah, that's the Twilight Zone episode I want to see. <laughs> National brands mean nothing to these people. But local However, brands mean everything. Every New York hotspot. <laughs> Although, at the end of... The, I mean, the twist of that is they think that New York City is the center of the world, only oh, on true. the Twilight Zone. It's oh, like, no, true. that's what New Yorkers think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Paul is looking to pick a specific hot dog oh, from yes. this cart. He looks at one. He says, that one, the one that refuses to curl. Which is disgusting. It's very gross. A curled hot dog? Ugh. Very, ugh. Bad, bad news. Bad news to eat it. Bad news to describe a thing that way. This actor gets a line that... I would, I mean, this guy nails it so hard. He got one line, <laughs> Mr. Jim Giannini. Yep. Who you might, rec- do, you, do you recognize him? I do not. Uh, oh, boy, now I can't find him. Oh, here he is. He's very distinct face, to be honest. Very distinct. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, he's got a normal um, character actor career. He has a small part in Horrible Bosses. An episode of The Muppets. He was on a show called Tyler and Borelli. Do you know that show? I don't think I do. He did 11 episodes of it. Two small town <laughs> patrolmen try to get through their shift. A modern day Andy Griffith with a hard edge. How have we not watched this? Or I don't know. I'm like, it does sound like something I'll be watching soon. It sure does. I don't even know what channel this is on. I don't even know if it's on a channel. <laughs> Truly. It doesn't say anywhere. It's on, it's on now? Are there years? Oh, I thought... I thought that was like a channel. <laughs> uh, no, 2015. Okay. Yeah. Tyler and Borelli. Tyler oh, and Borelli. he did the Tracy Morgan show. Yes, dear. It, like everything. NYPD Blue, Diagnosis Murder. Hello. Sure. Hello. Diagnosis Murder. Let's see. Was he directed by our friend? No, Frank Thackeray. By Mr. Michael Lang? No, no. <laughs> but it was worth looking into. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, and he did Two Guys Girl in a Pizza Place, which is another Danny Jacobson show. It is. Friend of Danny. Oh, this guy's been in everything, but like one episode, but like everything. Silk Stockings. Ooh. Yeah. Marvelous. There we go. Ooh. He's in deleted scenes from the Will and Grace pilot. Wow. That's probably very frustrating for him. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but his line is, good choice, sir. She's a beauty. And he says, speaking of a hot dog, he says it was the perfect combination of like snark Mm -hmm. and sincerity. Yes, he's very funny. 
Like, hey, dude, you're <laughs> overthinking this, but you're also right. Right. <laughs> and then he proceeds to heap on a ton of sauerkraut. It looked so good, right? <laughs> I don't like sauerkraut on a hot dog. Oh, are you out of your mind? I don't either, but I, I love the idea of it. Yeah, me too. Like, I almost want to put I, it on and then scrape it off and eat that. That is crazy, John. It's very I don't wasteful. Think I don't know if I've called you crazy. But you've said a lot of weird stuff. I don't know if I've ever called you crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. That's how I a princess would eat it. Sauerkraut onto my hot dog. I want you to go up. all the way to Germany. <laughs> I want you to bury this Frankfurter in sauerkraut. I want you to bring it back to me. And then when they hand it to me, I just dump all the sauerkraut out on the floor. Oh my God. And then everyone thinks I'm a monster, but that's not it. I just like the sauerkraut <laughs> juice. You just like, and they don't know that you come from a rough upbringing, and you're just looking for someone to love you. Yeah, and I might have had a bad day. <laughs> you might have had a bad day. That's a great point. Okay, so let me hear your B flat concert scale. All right, so um, so Mark works so, here. Mark works at this grocery we store. We are truly in a sitcom now, aren't we, boy? <laughs> he pops his head in. He's a stock boy there. He's very happy there. Yesterday, I sold a mango to Ed Koch, he says. How's he doing? What's he say again? Just Pretty good. very peacefully, like, very, very good. Very good. Yeah, Mark is real zen. I like this zen, Mark. Yeah, he's a Buddhist now. Yes. As they remind us uh, about 100 a hundred times. <laughs> a lot of talk about Buddha. A lot of Buddha talk. Mm-hmm. He introduces us to the owners. Yes. Kim and Kathy, yes? Did you say Taffy? Kathy. No, Tammy. Tammy, I apologize. That's okay. Hey, that's okay. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Paul has never met them before, but he has been there numerous times. Mark scolds him. He says, that's because you don't stop and smell the roses. Remember that, Yeah, John. it's going to come back. It's like the sled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Between that and the tomato, boy, oh, boy, they are not shy with the symbolism wait, and the callback. Wait, what's the tomato symbolism? Oh, you'll find out, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. Tammy uh, was played by Patty Toy, who was a news anchor in the movie Speed, one of my favorite movies. Great. And uh, some movie called Hollywood Hot Tubs 2, Educating Crystal. Uh-oh. <laughs> a rich chic tries to steal hot tub business by marrying the owner. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know about this movie. I I do. <laughs> oh hubba hubba what a cover <laughs> oh you gotta hear this quote i national aqua can you can you read it yeah <laughs> it's it, I, it it looks like it's a quote from national aqua it, it's not geographic aquagraphic maybe yes aqua that's a play on national geographic is that a real magazine i don't know it says an underwater adventure exploring the wildlife in hollywood that's a joke mm. that's a joke okay sure. yeah Okay, well, I'm going to have to watch this later. <laughs> I'll bet you will. <laughs> this I'll watch for the podcast. <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for educational purposes. And uh, Kim is played by Daryl Kunitomi, who was in a bunch of TV shows back in the day and then seems to have maybe retired. He just produced and wrote a short called Happy, Happy Chinaman. Okay. And before that, you know, I don't know. He's in stuff. Great. <laughs> I googled his name, and he might work for the city of Los Angeles now. Or there's another guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He also Neat. did two episodes of Diagnosis Murder, neither one directed by our boy. 
Listen, one day I'm, we're going to get a connection and I am going to lose my mind. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Oh, and he's in a Columbo. <laughs> Done. There, there you go. I wonder if <laughs> Paul, Paul Reiser. Did you talk about? Yeah, did you pick his brain about the episode Columbo Cries Wolf? Oh, my God. <laughs> who, who did you play in that episode? An interesting character named Factotum. Okay. Ooh. He played, he I like played the Jim Jarmusch movie, Factotum. <laughs> Mark points out, Kim is not just my boss. He's also my Zen master. Yeah. To which, to which Kim replies, thank you. And you are a fine student. Go unpack the Pringles. Kim is so funny in this episode to me that it feels like he walked in, did it this way, and immediately they were like, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. He, he takes he... normal line reads. Mm-hmm as we'll get to, and makes them so much funnier than they could be. Yeah, he's great. Also, Zen does is a, a really good job. word, and he's Korean. Yeah, people are racist. Well, no, it's a, it's a nuance. So apparently, there's a, a Korean version of Buddhism called Sion. Oh. And I believe Zen, and I could be wrong now, because I didn't spend more than two minutes on this. <laughs> Zen, <laughs> I think, is a Japanese term for that brand of Buddhism. Interesting. Uh huh. So, seems far off. I didn't know that Maybe at not all. So far off. I love it, man. So then, Paul talks to Mark. Hey, do you know those those things I love? The way you would that you love? Yes, what yes. Are, yes. Yeah, we, we don't carry. Don't them. have them. Ah. So, John. Yeah. Do we know what Paul talks to Mark about there? Because it looks like I said Paul talks to Mark about the thing he loves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. What is he talking about? Nobody knows. That's the joke. I'm, I'm trying to remember the scene. Oh, he's... You remember how Jamie was like, go get the things you love, and they couldn't remember what they were? Okay. Oh. Thank you. Oh, boy. The guy remembers tomato callbacks from two episodes later, but it can't connect two, two scenes together? I couldn't make out... I was trying to read my writing, and I'm like, I think that says loves. <laughs> but then I was just like, oh, they're talking about loves. I f and I forgot... Oh I, if I had written gosh. the food he loves, I would have remembered. But I was just like... Uh-oh, I don't know how to set this clip up. That's funny. Because I don't know what the heck we're talking about. So Paul asks Mark about the thing he loves. They don't carry it anymore. Right. It's very funny. Mark's become a minimalist. Yes, he's given away all of his possessions. One pair of he shoes, owns, two pairs of pants. One pair of shoes, two pairs of pants. And Mark starts chanting. Yes. He's doing a bit of chanting. Uh, the past few days, I watched um, Martin Scorsese's... Oh, no. The missionary one that he just made? No, oh. I have not seen that. I watched the documentary about George Harrison, actually. Oh. Yeah, and George Harrison was very into Buddhism and minimalism and Hare Krishna. So I'm full of this kind of minimalist Yeah, you're minimalist in a very spiritual stuff. place this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you a quick story about this, this documentary that I've been watching or that I watched. So did you know that George Harrison was attacked in the... In the last two years of his life, I did in his not. home. Yeah, no, you did not. Yeah, some crazy guy. Oh no, came into his home and thought that the Beatles were witches and attacked George and his wife Olivia with a knife and stabbed him a bunch in the chest and in the legs and they collapsed his lung and swiped at Olivia and they survived the attack, but uh. The way that they tell the, the documentary is three and a half hours long. And for the most part, it is very much just a documentary talking heads, music clips, 
reflections on a person's life and experiences. And then at the end, for this scene, it turns into a Don't Scorsese movie. No, it turns okay. into a, a, a Scorsese movie, which is to say they just have a, a long shot of George's wife, his widow, talking about the attack. And then she's like, and he was attacking him. And so I got on him and and I, I picked up a poker. There was a fireplace poker. And, you know, my dad, he taught me about baseball. And he always said, you know, the one thing I just had in my head was my dad saying, follow through, honey. And so I just started swinging. And then they smash cut to a photo of the assailant and his face. And it is bloody and bruised and stitched from having been attacked by George's wife. And it's just like Goodfellas. It feels like it is straight. Just like, just boom. You get this, this wow. shot. And then they cut back to her telling this story. Wow. But it's it's really just all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I expected Gimme Shelter to start playing in the background. Right, right. <laughs> Man. Yeah. it's uh, That's a why I had no idea. That's crazy. It's a crazy story. So anyway, so yeah, Mark has given away all of his possessions, and he's chanting, and he wants to get Paul to chant with him. Paul's not having it. Yeah. And as Paul is denying these things, he notices that something is missing from his hand. Hey, my ring. What? Where's my, my, my wedding ring? What? If I lose my wedding ring again, remember Paul, what happened last Paul, time? Paul, 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 What? It's just a possession. Hey, remember what happened last time I lost this particular possession? Oh, yeah, big fight. Big fight, because she thought I did it on purpose. And I, I, like, I didn't want my hand to look married is actually what she said. Because she reads into this. She's a reader, she, what, yeah. She's a big reader. Yeah. Okay, okay, think, think, think. Okay, where did you have it last? I had it, I had it this morning. I, I yeah. know when I woke up, I had it on my hand. I was in the kitchen, I had it in the kitchen. Yeah. And then I, I, and I was on the phone, I was right. talking to my mother. How is your mother? Would you tell her I say I'm hello? I'm thinking okay. here. I'm thinking here. I had it in the kitchen. I was making the head, took out the eggs. I took out the oil. The oil, that's exactly where it is. Love to Jamie. His ring is gone. Lost the ring. Inciting incident. Inciting. <laughs> there you go. We got there. Six minutes in and we got there. He's trying to figure out where he lost it. Mm-hmm. He realized, He thinks to himself he lost it at home in the pan full of oil. Oh, olive oil probably slid off, right? Makes makes sense. Makes perfect My sense. My first thought was the hot dog water, as I'm sure yours was, but you know, in the moment so You know, I I can totally see the uh the oil decision. Me too. Absolutely. Especially because last time this happened, big fight. Big fight. Big fight. Yeah, because Jamie read too much into it and thought yes. that it happened on purpose. Did we see that? Did we see what? Is that an episode? No. Great. That's just a story. So we cut back to the apartment where Paul returns. He's looking for his ring in the kitchen. And Lisa is there eating the six crackers that they have in their home. And since Paul left the store without having bought food, Jamie decides to have the egg that they saw before. Mm -hmm. And Paul is looking in the pan for his ring. And at that point, Lisa asks, what are you guys doing tomorrow for your anniversary? Jamie says, tomorrow's not our anniversary. It's today. Tomorrow is not our anniversary. What? Tomorrow is our anniversary. Well, that's just great. What? I can't believe you forgot. What? It's today. What? I'm sorry, you don't have to hear this. Can I talk to you, please, for a minute? What are you... Tomorrow is our anniversary. I want us to be alone. You're just so good at this. I love you. And I mean it. No, I'm sorry, of course. This is some classic Jamie stuff. 
Yeah, it's nice to have the lying Jamie back. I love it. It it feels like a really long time since we've had this. Well, she's been a student. She's been on a you know, she's been a good girl. That not the yeah. not the evil lying. That's sneaky, true. Not the <laughs> manipulative. Yeah, manipulative PR employee -faced. that he fell in love with. <laughs> so Paul and Jamie, we learned that they have Kenny and Shayna's baby photo on their fridge. What nineties names? How about it, huh? <laughs> Lisa calls the baby ugly, and uh, Lisa says. Why do you have other people's babies on your fridge anyway? And I heard that, and I'm like, I don't know, Lisa. Why do you want to take people out to lunch on their anniversary? How about you stop throwing stones, lady? Fair enough. I mean, you yeah, know, well, that's her thing. I get, you know, that's, <laughs> that's her main thing. That's why doing the wrong, yeah, because doing the wrong thing is kind of her game. For her, doing the wrong thing is the wrong thing. The wrong thing. So Ira arrives, and he's got a bike without a wheel. Yeah, we don't see him arrive. We just hear him suddenly from the other room. Yeah. Kind of funny. He's come. Yeah, he's come into the apartment. This didn't make any sense. What? He's missing the front wheel. Right. Paul says, what happened? He mm -hmm. says, I took the front wheel off so the bike wouldn't get stolen. Right. But the joke's on me. So, implying that the wheel got stolen. Well, yes, because it's ex that's explicit. Paul says, where's the wheel? And Ira says, joke's on me. Where did he put the wheel? Don't know. He lost it. He lost it. Yeah, or he, he or he can't remember where he put. Oh, them. it didn't get stolen. No, he lost the wheel that he took yes. off the bike. Yeah, honestly, more compelling than that movie. One. <laughs> Is this a better episode of the Twilight Zone? Yeah. What happened I to see Ira's now. wheel? That's very funny. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so Ira arrives without a wheel. Can't find the wheel. Ira and Lisa leave in order to get the Buckman's food. So that they can enjoy their anniversary. Jamie re-enters the kitchen. And Paul is lying down. And Jamie has a question for him. I don't want our kids on other people's refrigerators. <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? You know what? You're absolutely right. The floor is slanty. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got another slanted floor uh, joke. That, that, a bottomless well. Fantastic. That, keep, that, keep them coming. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So we cut to the store and Mark is giving Fran all of his possessions and Fran's not happy about it. He decides that he wants her back, but Fran has moved on. And Fran says, didn't you tell me Buddha says suffering is life? Mark says, well, Buddha never met you. Oh, that's sweet. And also it's just like, Mark, come on. Oh, also, hey, Mark, you have a son that you abandoned. Yeah. You sure do. Every time we see him, it's very strange to me. It's very weird. Because ne he never comes up. And he does come up yeah. in this or the next one, and she just refers to him as my son. That's true. Hey. That's true. What if he's not Mark's? Oh. Okay. Now I've got something. I like this alternate theory. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on this for season three. Yeah. <laughs> Mark wants to take Fran to see Kiss of the Spider Woman. I'm telling you, Russ, these people really have their fingers on the pulse. Because they love it. It is act. It was actively running on Broadway. Yeah, it was directed by Harold Prince. Yep. <laughs> Do you know that's a Kinder and M show? I had no idea. I think I. I would love to. I gotta. You know hear what? This. No, I did not know that. I gotta yeah. listen. Do you know? Is there a little? Is there a brief synopsis? No. Wow. IBDB okay. doesn't do synopses. It does uh, category and setting. Interesting. A uh, prison in Latin America, sometime in the recent past. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would love to know what it's about. Actually, that's a yeah. very mysterious. I, I remember that I think I watched the 
Tony's when that was out or when when that was big and just hearing Kiss of the Spider Woman a lot and just being right. like, ooh, but not knowing anything at all about it. Yes, totally. Fred Carver was in, was the lead. Oh. The man I don't know who from that is. Parade. The lead in Parade. Oh, cool. Okay. Which I did see. I think oh, yeah? this is our first Mad About You Broadway us connection. What? Right? What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we are you saying we've never talked about Broadway on this show? Where we connected it back to us seeing someone or something? So I don't know. I don't, are you saying that we've never said on the show that the people on Mad About You that we have seen that thing? I'm saying that both Kim, who recommends the movie to the play, listen to me, too many years in LA, my brain's cooked. <laughs> who recommends Kiss the Spider Woman to Mark? Right. Has seen Brent Carver perform, as have I. <laughs> Got it. Having to yep. point that out so explicitly for this much time has made me feel dumber than I've ever felt before. Kind of kind of ruins the magic. Yeah. Hey, John, great job at seeing the same actor in a different play <laughs> okay. than that fictional character saw. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is a big day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm doing this podcast too. I should not tease about this. No, it's a so, stupid point. <laughs> so anyway, Ira and Lisa arrive and they see Mark for the first time since his return. I love that this grocery is just this new hey, it's like the the new riffs. Well, everybody's there yeah. all the time. All the time. <laughs> They've like never the been there. Oh, They're, hey Fran. Like hey max. Mark. <laughs> At this bodega. <laughs> I've got a bodega story I'll tell a little bit later. So <laughs> an hour two. Yeah. Yeah. When we just when we're trying to wrap up, I'll drop this little <laughs> bit in. So uh Ira asks Kim because he has the bright idea to get them a cake. So he, he asks if they have cakes there. Maybe we should get these guys a cake or something. You guys got cake here? We have cakes, we have dreadnought, we have cheese by the pound. <laughs> I mean, this this line read, Russ. It's really fun. You don't have it's to read really them fun. in a melody. <laughs> the rhythm. He makes a song out of it. He does a great job. He He's a very good that. actor. It's amazing. That's one of my favorite acting choices on the series. Wow. Calling it now. Yeah. It's great. Because I remembered it. I forgot it. But once I saw it, I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell that story. So I used to, when we first moved here, and stop me if I've told this on the podcast before. When we first moved here, I was of the understanding that it's just like, oh, yeah, they don't have grocery stores in Brooklyn. They have bodegas, and they're just on every corner, and that's where you get your food. That's where you get everything you need. So when I was when Jen was working, I hadn't had a shift yet. And so I was like, oh, I've got to go shopping. So I have my list, and I go to... I, there we go, right? I, I, I've told you already I do well with a list. So I go to the bodega. And I'm like, okay, I'll get some fruit and some bread and cereal and milk and soup. And, and I'm doing all of my grocery <laughs> shopping <laughs> from the corner bodega because in my head, that's what people do. It's impressive that you found everything on the list. Oh, there were a few things that I couldn't, but I was just like, ah, I can't find that right fruit. Got to go to the fruit stand. New York. Oh, my gosh. I spent like. $75 at a corner bodega. Oh, this guy must have been in heaven. 
Well, I came back like a week or two later, and the guy was just like, "Hey, I remember you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was after I had found. You remember the local those fruits key- you were looking for? We got some. Yeah. Hey, here yeah. You go. <laughs> that was after I found the local key food, by the way. Oh. So, but but yeah, just like I was such one a, too many Seinfelds, such my a friend. dope one too many Seinfelds is right. Joe's fruit stand, <laughs> the Mackinaws. Uh-huh. So yeah, so. Anyway, so Mark says to Ira, uh, I know that you and Fran slept together while I was away, and I've made my peace with it. And Ira replies, great. You guys have paper cups here? He does not care about Mark. Yeah. In, about Mark's green light. We cut back to the apartment, and Paul is walking around chanting, I want to find my ring, as he is looking for his ring everywhere. Jamie says, what are you doing? Paul says, chanting. Jamie says, what are you chanting? And Paul says, Oklahoma. And then continues to sing in a chanting style mm-hmm. the first three lines of the song Oklahoma from the musical. You hate that. I hate this. This is my least favorite yes. thing. Your least favorite trope. This this drives me crazier than everything. This I've never been so mad at the show since Buggy 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 from season one. Mm-hmm. I hate this very much. That's all. I'm really sorry. <laughs> So Jamie asks Paul to help move a table and he hides his hand in his pocket. That was a very funny moment. I really bought the, uh, you could really see all the beats of the realization. Yes. And he asks Jamie, he says, who's this? He's got one hand in his pocket and he strikes a pose. He says, who's this? David Niven. I'm David Niven. Yeah. Are you familiar with this pose? I'm not. I Googled him and looked at Google images and- Uh, you know, there's definitely pictures of him with a hand in a pocket. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if these are iconic photos or, yeah. or just. I assume... tell me, tell me again what he's been in. Oh, everything. Narrow it down. Interestingly enough, he played a slave in Cleopatra, the Cecil B. DeMille version that we discussed on last week's podcast. Oh, there you go. And then a bunch of random stuff, you know. Oh, I don't know. Mutiny on the Bounty, Charge of the Light Brigade, The Prisoner of Zenda, Dinner at the Ritz, Bluebeard's Eighth <laughs> Wife, Three Blind oh Mice, Wuthering Heights, Spitfire, Raffles, The Way Ahead, Magnificent Doll, Stairway to Heaven, The Perfect Marriage, The Bishop's Wife. Oh, you remember that one? Denzel Washington did a remake. Oh, cool. Remember Bishop's Wife? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. From a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like 20. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, 20 that's to 25 too. years ago. Oh, gosh. I don't like this game. You're old. I am old. Around the World in 80 Days. That's right. He played James Bond in the original Casino Royale. That's right. I remember seeing that one, too. Or seeing that written. Yeah, I was I was building to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he strikes a David Niven pose, yes. I guess. We guess. And and uh, then Paul goes into the kitchen. He gets the bright idea to disguise his hand. So he goes into the kitchen to slice a tomato. You poor baby. It's okay. Thank you. Where's your ring? I, I took it off. Let me have it. Why? Because you don't want to lose it. I'm not going to lose it. Do you it? remember what happened last time? It's a big fight. So where is it? <laughs> what, do you mean, what? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, Oklahoma. So that was yes. fake? <laughs> I was wondering. I think that that was fake. Yes, absolutely. I thought that initially because I and when it happened, I was like, "That is very clever." I I agree. That is very smart move. So he goes into uh yeah he 
pretends to slice his finger, goes into the bathroom, comes out with his finger bandaged. It's also and, a weird place uh, to gets slice busted. it. Yeah, well, like if you he, have to slice I mean, it so high up on your finger where the ring goes. Well, I think the point is that he's, if, if even if he said I sliced the tip of my finger, he wrapped his entire finger. Know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. So from there, we cut to, yeah, we go to commercial on an Oklahoma joke, which helps a little bit, maybe. <laughs> we go down to, we come, we come back from commercial, and we are in the garbage dump in the basement. <laughs> Is there any other way that you would refer to this? I don't know. The garbage room? The garbage room. I The trash area? I just I said to Jen I was just like in my my grandmother's old apartment building in Queens she would always talk about the incinerator room sure and I don't think that that's what this is I think I feel like this is different no this goes to the garbage bin yes a huge 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 bin yeah the of trash chute flows down to the dumpster right you never had one of these uh, no I had one in San Francisco. Or wait, no, I mean, we, we had one, but I would never know what to call that room. The trash room. Okay. Don't overthink oh, it. I used to throw so much fun stuff down the garbage chute. It was the best. Like what? I think maybe a TV. Oh, you're a nightmare. Or a, a stereo. You know, people and... have to deal with that, right? <laughs> it's not just some magic black hole down there of garbage. Some guy has to clean it up. It's going into a garbage bin. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I should just throw rotting food bags down instead. If they're packed well, I'm very yeah. good. I'm very good about the way I throw I'm things I'm very out. good. Oh, you're a real man. No, I am. I'm very so, conscientious. Oh, no, I know. You're the best. I really am. I'm the, I really take I'm care. the worst person, I and you're a magical. Oh. It's people on the other end of the garbage. It's not, Oh, you know. my gosh. What a metal. You've got, I can, you've got a gorgeous metal hanging around your neck right now. I had to do what they're doing once. When I lived in San Francisco, I thought I couldn't find my house keys. Uh-huh. And I looked all over the apartment for like an hour. And I was like, really? I must have thrown them down the trash chute. Oh, and I went man. down there and I had to climb through everyone's garbage. And I, wow. I, I felt like, and, they, and I was so furious. You know, this is why I'm empathetic. <laughs> and then somebody threw Television set. Yeah, it hit me in the head. And it killed you. <laughs> yeah, even doing this podcast with a dead man. Like, people didn't close their bags well, you know? Like, I'm touching their sure. Q-tips and stuff. Yeah. These animals that live in my That's building. Okay. So I couldn't find it. And then I went upstairs, and they were sitting right under a magazine. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Is that when you decided to move? Yeah, that's when I moved to New York. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. This city. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they are going through garbage bags. Paul's waist in, deep in it. Yes, he is looking through. He's in the dumpster, trying to find his trying to find his ring. Yeah, we learned that the the Brits from across the hall eat spam. Yeah, Jamie's going through people's trash like she's the FBI. Yep, like she's <laughs> very comfortable in their garbage. <laughs> it's a little bit too much. Yeah, we learned that Brenda Vaccaro. Lives in their building. Yeah, did you know Actress that? Actress Brenda Vicar. I think I recognize the name, but I uh, I don't recall what she's been in. She's from, uh, oh, on Broadway. She was in the female version of The Odd Couple. Oh, how about that? Okay. <laughs> but she's in Midnight Cowboy. With yes, Dustin that's Hoffman right. and John Voight. Yes, yes, yes. Along with a bunch of other movies. Sure. So that makes, let's see, they got two celebs now in the building, right? Brenda Vaccaro and John Aston. And John Aston, yes. Yeah, to keep a, a running building. tally. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they debate the last time that Paul lost the ring and whether or not he did it deliberately. Right, right, right. She's very understanding about this time. She seems to be a little bit more understanding, at least. Yeah. But she's still holding, still holding his feet to the fire a bit. A bit, but also he's in his head about it. Sure. You know, it's one of those things yeah, where he doesn't know if true. she's mad. Yeah, we yes. don't know if she's mad, and I think sure. she doesn't know if she's mad. Right, right, right. So Jamie finds a wishbone. Oh, it's so which disgusting. I'm like, leave it. Yeah, leave it, Jamie. You, yeah, it's the cleanest and wishbone you'll ever find in the garbage. That's true. <laughs> and she and Paul make a wish, and Jamie wins. And she says that she wished for world peace, at which point Paul is pelted with a bunch of loose trash. It's great. It's very funny. He looks up the chute. Yeah. And I think he's doing a bit, but I'd like to imagine that the prop guy's up there looking down (laughs) and they're staring at each other. I felt the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was a lot of trash and it was really funny. Yeah. And also, like, I wonder if it was like, hey, so just uh, here's this garbage in a bag. Yeah. And throw down the bag. And they're just like, no, we're going to throw down the garbage and then <laughs> let the bag dance past your face <laughs> on its own. It's some good physical garbage comedy. It's pretty good. So we cut back to I the apartment. I love trash scenes. You, <laughs> as a rule. Well, I, I think of Kramer trying to do a, a Jordan 360 on the on the street. Remember when he ends up in a <laughs> pile of garbage? That's what I think I do remember. Yeah. It's a, the Nazi episode. <laughs> So Mark, Fran, Ira, and Lisa are all in the apartment. It's so sick on me. I don't know how they got there, but they've got Oh, right. How'd they get in? Oh, Lisa. I don't know. No, she doesn't have a key. She doesn't have a key. I don't know. So they, they've all got cake to also, celebrate Ira this anniversary. Ira got a cake from the bodega that looks like he went to the finest bakery on Fifth Avenue. It looks really good. Like they did beautiful. great. beautiful. <laughs> Paul and Jamie reek of garbage. And Ira wants to know why. Lisa says, hey, it's their anniversary. Leave them alone. <laughs> Paul and Jamie go into the bedroom to get cleaned up. And Mark and Fran talk. He is pressuring her into getting back together. He's kind of coming on a bit strong here, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's his ex-wife. Yeah. Fran is saying, I've moved on. Well, here's the other thing. Fran says, I've moved on. Mark says, to what? I could understand if there was somebody else. Fran says, then there is. Ira. And I'm like, hey, Mark, there doesn't need to be another man for her to be over you and not want to get back uh, to you. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Do we have Russ's medal ready? Is it, uh, Can I take yours? Can I take your medal? <laughs> I forget what I got it for. Best garbage? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Most conscientious refuse person? Yeah, we'll turn the garbage medal into the feminism medal. <laughs> how, how, how wonderful of us. No, you're right. That's a very good point. So, yeah. So also, he they, abandoned her. He did. And their and kid. And their kid. <laughs> I, it's so weird to me how he's that's just really, around. That's, that's really all. Like, it's also, it bugs me that the last time we saw Mark, they were so good and fine with the state of their relationship. And now he's a pain. And now it's just like, oh, I want you back. And I, and the, the only the only reason why I would understand you not wanting me back is because of another man. Yeah, she, he basically forces her to lie. Yeah. To get him to leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she, yes, she, she said all the reasons she doesn't want to be with him. And then he was just like, yeah, but why? What if there was a guy? Right. And then you, all right, if that's what you want to hear, there's a guy. There's no guy. You're right. All of those other reasons are the reason why. Right. So yeah, he's doing a so real Buddhist chant here. Yeah, that is it real? 
Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. And what does that mean? Oh, I don't know. But I did find a track of Tina Turner singing it. Really? <laughs> I got scooped. It's like 30 minutes long. Uh, that's funny. I don't know what it means. Cool. But I, it, it rang a bell, so I Googled. Good job. So, yeah. So they are clearly lying. Mark doesn't buy it. And they have set dessert up. Jamie devotion to the mystic law of the Lotus Sutra or glory to the Sutra of the Lotus of the Supreme law. That's what it means. Uh huh. It, I'll tell you the way you chanted it has a much better ring to it. Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. Yeah. Devo Punchier. Devotion to the mystic law of the Lotus Sutra. <laughs> no, I, I no. You're, you, it, you know what? You're making a believer out of me both ways. <laughs> I like it both ways. Thank you. So, Jamie comes out. She says, I can't believe you guys did all this. Friend says, well, how often is it your anniversary? Paul says, just today and tomorrow. I love that joke. That's a great joke. Almost missed it. So, Mark thinks that Paul will find the ring if he believes that he really wants to find it in his heart. Yes. And Mark Paul is Jimmy Cricket. Yes. <laughs> Paul looks at uh, Mark and says, what are you making problems for? <laughs> and so, yeah. So, Mark wants Paul... To become Zen in order to find the ring. Honey, give it a what? try. All right, what do I have to okay, do? Okay, okay, okay. Now bear with me because I'm, I'm new with this. All okay, right. hold on. Oh, you have your ring. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> you shut up, please. I'm in the middle of a Zen thing here. Oh, yes. you don't have your ring. What's I'll make up your mind? Did, did you feel the moment? What moment? The moment when a little piece of you fell away. Uh, no. Come on, Paul B. Paul B. What um, did you see? What did you hear? What did I see? What did I hear? I, uh, nothing. Uh, nothing. You, you, I had my ring, and then I didn't have my ring, and I didn't hear anything. A splash, a little splash. A splash? Or a little, like a little, you know, splash. What kind of splash? Or I get like a splash, splash. What are you talking about? Like when my ring fell in the hot dog water. Thank you very what much. What are you talking about? And the hot dog right in front of the market. That's where it is. You had a hot dog? Yes. You told me you don't eat those anymore. I lied. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So it's in the hot dog? Yes, he's right outside the market. Come on. Wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. He's not there anymore. Wow, you can know that? Yeah. How? I saw him leave two hours ago. <laughs> so it works. Yeah. It, it was really fun. Yeah, I liked watching. It seemed like nonsense. It felt like a thriller or something. It kind of, it, it was, yes, it did a little bit. Yeah. And it was nice. It was neat to watch Paul just kind of, there was no like, just not, not with excitement, not of just like, oh, I know, I know where it is. Right. And I, I figured it out just to be like, oh, I got it. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. Let's go there. No, I, I like, I like that reading. Yeah. I like that reading of it a lot. As usual. So they, so they cut to, as I've written it, the hot dog vendor housing facility, I guess. Yes. Where all of the hot dogs keep their carts. The character's name that they're talking to is labeled Dispatcher, which is... A John. Yeah. I said to Jen, I want to see Hot Dog Taxi so bad. Just like... Wait, how did you know he was a dispatcher? I didn't. All I knew was that there was a hub where all of the hot dog you vendors got their leave yes. their... Leave their stuff. And I was just like, I want that sitcom of just yeah. all the vendors. It's just taxi, except in a hot dog right. vendor place. That's great. Oh, I'd watch the hell out of that. I'd watch uh, like one or two. 
and I only watch the best stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I can't sell hot dogs today. I got an audition. <laughs> oh, I, I got no relish. I'm out of relish. Wait, who are you doing? I'm doing uh, Reverend Jim. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. That was very good. Thank you. I was going to say he just always eats all the hot dogs because he's high. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> I was trying to do uh, Jeff Conaway, but I sounded like Tony Danza, I think. A little bit. If you'd said my name is yeah. Tony, it would have really. Yeah, I was trying to be Bobby Wheeler. If... Oh, Jeff Conaway's so good. In my, in my country, <laughs> we don't eat hot dogs. We eat good legs. It's a very good Mary Lou Henner. <laughs> hey, let's just, let's hear from Mary Lou and her photographic memory. <laughs> you know about that? I do. It's not photographic. She, I forget what it's called. No, she, I don't remember what it's called either. But she, yeah, she remembers every everything that's ever happened to her every day. Yeah, it's so fun to watch her it's, test it. It's fun, and I believe her, but it's also the sort of thing. And look, she's she, I do believe her. That is the thing. It's also the sort of thing where it's just like. Yeah, who who's gonna? Hey, John, ask me what I ask me about a date. Oh, true. Okay, <laughs> February eighth, nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine, February eighth. I was in uh, high school and I went to math class. I had a, I got a great. Can I be I honest? Great, you suck at this. <laughs> I was, I was in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. Who answers a day like that? That's too broad. No, nah, I think I'm really good at it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to have a you and her off. <laughs> oh, 1999. I was Mary Lou Henner. <laughs> Take it away, Mary Lou. <laughs> yeah. So the, at the hot dog vendor housing facility, the whole crew was there. Very God forbid any of these. God forbid any of these people do anything alone. Yeah, it's a very tropey episode. <laughs> yes. Paul and Jamie buy all of the hot dogs. $600 worth of hot dogs. I guess those are the remaining hot dogs for the day? I think so. They just had to clean them out yet? I guess. I don't know. Also, the hot dogs, are, all the, the carts are still full of water. Yeah, it's disgusting. Over, it's disgusting. It doesn't make sense. It's weird. Also, 600 bucks. How does this guy make a living? <laughs> that's a good, that's a great question. He's <laughs> like, yeah, my whole fleet. <laughs> 600 well that's why i figured it was the leftover ones for 600 bucks maybe maybe i don't know well, i don't know what this guy's pulling down <laughs> there is a dramatic music sting as they go to as they segue out of this scene when they open the doors to this facility that we've never heard before they're all yours that's a lot of carts all of a sudden, the drama is heightened, and it's just, like, oh my gosh! Look at Jen said. All of a sudden, we turn into the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, where, that is true. A little. <laughs> where there's just a sea of of vendor carts. It is impressive because they look like sure. New York hot dog carts, but I don't think those are just yeah. lying around LA. Jen also pointed out the interior of this hot dog place. Uh huh. It's the same set as the garbage dump. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Way to go, Jen. On the case. Yep. She's on it. So, yeah. So, when we come back, everybody is digging around the hot dog water for the ring. And Paul talks about how, you know, Jamie lets him off the hook and says, we'll get a new ring. Paul says he doesn't want a new ring. He wants his ring. Just get you a new one. I don't want a new one. I want my ring. Really? Yes, really. Because it's broken in, you know? I know my ring. It's... 
makes a certain sound. And when I tap my fingers, I know that sound. When, I, when I'm washing my hair, like there's a zing, a little cold metallic zing on my scalp that I recognize. It's mine, you know, it's like when I hold your hand, you know, like it fits and the two, the, the rings click there. It's, I just want, I want it in my heart, okay? Okay. Ow! What happened? Oh, oh, ha, ha! Hey! My ring! Wait a second, you sure it's yours? No, it's the cows, yes. There it is, it's inscribed. Huh, look at that. What? Can't believe they got the date wrong. Oh, what a great guy. And they suddenly find the ring. Lisa finds the ring, and she says, I can't believe they got the date wrong. She finds... Okay, am I crazy, or does she find it in her mouth? She might. It looks she might like been... she found it in her mouth, like she was eating the hot dogs. I didn't notice that, but that would that that plays that could be. But nobody noticed it, which makes me feel like that's not the case. <laughs> could be. No, I'm not sure. Reacts. I am not sure. So here we go. We've had a little bit of technical difficulties, folks, and in the technical difficulties, John was able to verify that in fact Lisa does the ring out of her mouth you're welcome (laughs) nobody reacts nobody notices it's like she just did it for herself almost i love it it's almost what an act it's very easy to miss that's a great choice nobody laughs it's very funny i i just when i thought i couldn't be a bigger Anne ramsey fan uh yeah lisa's next level let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. That's the end of part one. So then part two begins. Part two. Woo. Different writer credits. Who wrote it? Jeffrey Lane. Great. (laughs) But with a story by Jeffrey Lane and Danny Jacobson. Oh, okay. Danny Jacobson came in here and been like, hey, 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 I want to get in on this. You mind mind if I? Yeah. We're going to talk about. Scoot over. If we're going to. If we're going to talk about moms, I'm going to have a hand in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Sylvia's going to be That's in this right. episode. I forgot about that connection. Yeah, she loves, he loves the Sylvia. And this is, we're still with Tom Moore. Awesome. Um, so we open up and there's no cold open to this. The cold, the cold open to this is the previous 22 minute episode. So. Yes, and the, uh, there was no tag on the last one. Right. The. TV guy description. Oh, yes, that's right. Please. Conclusion. Lunch with Paul's nephew changes the Buckman's thoughts on having a child. This is maybe the worst. <laughs> well, they they did that thing that we talked about a couple episodes ago where it's not the core of it is accurate, but the specifics are misleading. I am furious. The intentions there. How many lunches do they go on, John? Three. How many lunches are with their nephew? One. John? Does anything important happen in the other two lunches as far as the I don't know their decisions go? <laughs> does anything important Actually, happen? No. Besides did anything happen besides that? Besides that lunch? Is the lunch the inciting incident or the deciding incident? No. Not at all. But maybe they feel like the Kim Kim and uh, Tammy have not earned <laughs> mentioned in the TV guide description yet. Because that's Look, where the inciting incident occurs. TV guide is sometimes not always held itself up or not always been super strong they've never lied to me oh yes this they is, have oh i have this news is, for you they have yeah i know you think you live in some sort of tv utopia they've lied to you they've lied to yeah, me Yeah, look around oh, well well then this is just another uh, another chapter <laughs> another brick another brick in the wall of tv guide lies don't believe everything you read in tv guide okay russ <laughs> oh i got it looks like i gotta get another tattoo john <laughs> 
so we open up in their bedroom. They are in bed. Paul is watching. Uh, Jamie is watching Paul sleep. Yeah, birds are chirping. Again, Did you notice that? Bird, yep, there's like, great very bird work. Great bird. And they work. wait. They wake up and it is their anniversary, and they exchange presents in bed. Uh, Paul has got has bought her something very big. Jamie has bought him something very small. This episode is like. You 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 throw a rock, you hit a trope. <laughs> There's a lot of you them. stand still, but, you hit a trope. But trope one thing that you. I trope was that it was that a, a Yakov trope <laughs> in Soviet <laughs> Russia. Trope <laughs> hits you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm mad about you. Trope hits you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so <laughs> one thing that I like that is that is not tropey. Is they do uh, Jen pointed this out too. They do a real job wrapping these presents. They don't do the wrapping job like they like it happens so often in sitcoms, where it's like we've wrapped the box one way and then we've wrapped the lid separately, and then all you have to do is take the lid off the box. <laughs> Nobody really does that in TV shows all the time. Really? Yes. Because you know what my thought was. What's that? Here's the trope of like women are always excited to unwrap presents on TV. Okay. Sure. I don't know if that's true though. About a trope or that they are? Well, both. Look, John, women be unwrapping. <laughs> no, I feel like that is a trope. Like women in sitcoms, for better or worse, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Right. But they always get really, very excited about the gifts. The gifts are always a big deal. They're picky about them a lot. Sure. And I feel like they aggressively unwrap them. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. All right. Uh, I'll allow it. So Jamie has gotten Paul a Swiss army knife. I'll have to mansplain this to my girlfriend later. (laughs) I can't wait to find out how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, Swiss army Uh, knife. Yeah. She points out all the different features very excitedly. It's one of the real fat ones. Yes. Like it's got it all. He seems kind of lukewarm about this. Oh, Oh, definitely. That's the trope. Understandably so. And she has bought him, or rather, he has bought her a cotton candy machine. Yeah. She seems less than yeah. lukewarm about this. She's almost aggressively faking delight. Right. But one thing that she does say, yeah, she says, now we don't have to go to the circus all the time. He loves the circus, Russ. He loves us. And the, yeah, he's got this look on his face where he looks crushed. Yeah. And Jen and I both thought, you know, he he was just, his face was a result of, him thinking that Jamie didn't like the gift, but we were both like, he said, because he doesn't get to go to the circus anymore. No, I think that's what it was. That's what I you thought. You think that's too. what yeah. it is? <laughs> I think that's what I thought. I, I think that we only think that because we're crazy people. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. No, because she sort of apologizes right after. She's like, we could still go to the circus. Yeah, sure. Oh, his man. gift is more thoughtful. Not more thoughtful, but his gift, though seemingly insane. And I Does she the... love cotton candy? No, I missed this on the first viewing. Well, the second one, he sort of sneaks in there and he's like, but you know, because the second year is cotton. Oh, I didn't hear that. Isn't that nice? What a sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. That's sweet. I like it. That's very okay. sweet. I'm on board. Justifies his idiotic gift. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jamie says to Paul, remember, we have three lunches today. And Paul says, why does everybody want to take us out? Don't they realize we're only fun when we're alone? Oh, Christina loved that. Oh, it's really good. Wait, you skipped over one of my favorite jokes 
Not the audience's favorite. So they get out of bed <laughs> and they go to the store. <laughs> Paul, when she unwraps it. And roll the credits. When she unwraps the guy <laughs> candy machine, Paul says, the guy said it'll pay for itself in six months. That's right. That's so stupid. <laughs> that's and so nobody stupid. Laughs. And I think that's one of the funniest jokes in this episode. The guy says it'll pay for itself in six months. Cotton candy machine. It's so dumb. Oh, my God. That's great. So they get out of bed and they go to the store in order to get sugar for the cotton candy machine. Yes. At the store, Mark is working. He gives Jamie some flowers. Mark says, if Fran wants to be happy with Ira, fine. If Buddha's testing my patience, Zygazan. Yes, that's what I thought. It's not a word I know, but I was like, that was Yiddish, right? It was Yiddish, yes. That is the funniest, most satisfying. Oh, that's so good. It's really good. Uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah. It means like goodbye, good luck to you. It's like a it's it's like that sort of thing. Zygazunt? Yeah, Zygazunt. Zygazunt. Yeah. Wow, we had a little language time. And saying that to Buddha is, is very amazing. Funny. Yeah. You can take the guy out of temple. Yep. <laughs> Put him but in you a can't Buddhist take, shrine. But you can't take the Zyatagazan. <laughs> so Jamie, Jamie has consolidated her sister and Paul's sister into one lunch. So that is why they still only have three lunches rather than four. This is what she does. There you go. And Tammy is very pregnant. We saw this in the first one, but now she is offering up her belly to be felt. She's going to pop. Yes. Feel the baby kicking, she says. Or she doesn't say that. That's what she wants to do. Paul says, you know, if you were not pregnant, this would be so inappropriate of me. I love I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Paul, it's still kind of inappropriate. <laughs> it is a little, I, but she's OK with it. I think. Yeah, she she welcomed it on. But it's still I'm like, yeah, I will never touch a pregnant woman's belly. <laughs> Zero times. I don't even know if I'll touch my own wife's belly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if and when I get married. We get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will, obviously. I'm joking. But I, I but with a lot of trepidation. I don't know where men get this idea in their heads. Me neither. Me neither. Well, I, I, wait, I do. Masculinity is toxic. And we think we're entitled to everything. Yeah. I don't, though. Do you? No. Okay, so two, you know. John, we're so great, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want to do you want to share this medal that I have? Uh, <laughs> no. I'll kill you no. for it. <laughs> <laughs> So Tammy asks the two of them, are you parents? And she says, when? And Jamie and Paul answer at the same time, but they have different responses. Paul says, not for some time. Jamie says, maybe soon. This is news to Paul. Yes. So they get back to the apartment. They're in the kitchen using the cotton candy maker. <laughs> Kim kept on trying to push onions yeah, on them at the yeah. store. Because that was his line. He was like, they were like, do you have sugar? And he was like, I have sugar. I have onions. I have da-da-da yodels. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't figure out what and, he was saying. And then later, yeah, he's saying, uh, he says, uh, did you see the onions? And then Mark has onions for them. Oh, it's and then great. Paul gets home. He's got a bag of onions. So, yeah. So, Paul, they're talking about having this kid and whether they're going to or not. And Paul says, uh, you know, he thought that when Jamie said a couple of years, it was between two and ten and closer to ten. But Jamie's reality is she's ready sooner. Also, Webster's reality. Couple is two. Couple's two, idiot. Yeah. 
But I, I look, I get it. It's a whole couple versus few thing. And there's no I, competition. I, one means one thing. One <laughs> means the other. <laughs> You're right. Words have meaning. But also, it, it's a, it's what's known as I a soft swear, couple. If you stick up for this thing one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jamie says maybe soon. Paul says, when you say that, it sounds so soon. And then Paul just wants Jamie to feel something else. You know, we used to be together on this one, and then suddenly you changed the rules on me. This isn't something I decided. I'm just saying it's something I'm starting to feel. Well, cut it out. <laughs> feel something else. What the hell is that in reference to? When she... I don't remember the <laughs> clip. It sounded, it sounded it's a... like the most suggestive setup. <laughs> well, it's not. And Sorry. Paul wants her to feel something else. Something else. No, yeah, when Jamie's saying that, you know, I I know that I wanted to have a baby maybe later, but now I'm starting to feel differently. And Paul says, well, feel something else. Oh, right, right, right. And then he puts her hand on his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that part doesn't happen, everybody. So Paul doesn't feel ready to be a dad because he wants to know more. He doesn't feel like he has the kind of uh, the intellect that he's supposed to to be a father. Uh, his dad knew everything. He wants to know more like his dad did. And J- Jamie wants to just continue the conversation. So she says, I want to start talking about it. And Paul says, and we will. And Jamie says, when? Paul says, maybe soon, which is funny. It's fun to throw your spouse's wa- uh, words back at them. Oh, yeah. It always works out great. So we go to Riff's. And we are at the first lunch, and it is with Lisa and Paul's sister. Remind me of Paul's sister's character name and the actress's name, please. Oh, I can't believe I have to remind you. Please. I apologize. Debbie. Her, yes. Her name is Debbie. Debbie Buckman, played by Robin Bartlett. Different sister. And different sister. Not the one we met in the hospital. Right. This is the other one who was not able the to other make one. it. Right. And this is, we, we stick with... Sister yeah, Debbie we stick for with the Debbie long haul till the end. Yeah, she uh, resume very interesting. Yes. Oh, prelude to the to a kiss. Oh, neat. Uh, uh, oh, she was in Yentl, the original Yentl. Cool. Wow. Yeah, and the world of Sholem Aleichem. Great. You remember that one, Russ? I don't. <laughs> oh, that was before you were born. A little bit. And on TV, well, I, she, I don't know what what else is she? Oh, wow, inside the Davis. Okay. The Witch, Shutter Island, City of Angels. I've seen I mean, her. Yeah, I've seen her in a bunch of things, and Dangerous I always get Mind? excited. Wow, Alice. She worked with Woody Allen. Wait, she's in Crimes and Misdemeanors. She's a wedding guest. I had no idea. Oh wow. Oh, and Moonstruck, where she got to work with Louis Zurich. Sure. Anyway, yeah. Oh, and she's currently in Vice Principals. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. I haven't watched that show yet. Check her. That's out. That's awesome. Yeah. Anywho, so she is at Riffs, and she's there with her son, nephew Noah. Oh, he's a monster. A monster. He's worse than the thank other God one. We, thank God we've got a monster child back in the situation. <laughs> Played by Andrew Ferkland. Ferkland? He's younger than us. <laughs> oh, he's 31. I, I do not like this yeah, game. He's 31 years old. <laughs> young man. Yeah. <laughs> young man of 30. Sure. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Six episodes of that. He's still acting. Doing some short films, it looks like. A show called Loose Ends. You ever hear about that? I've not. Me neither. He was in uh, yeah, Buffy. Oh, the John Larroquette show. Uh, an episode cool. of ER. Anyway. Great. Yep. Just a young working actor who's younger than us. Doing it. 
So they ask Ursula for some bread. And uh, yeah, she, they ask her by saying uh, some bread. Ursula says, oh, no, thanks. So that's fun. And Lisa is acting just like Noah yeah, at the table. Yeah, nice little comedic juxtaposition. Yes. It's very fun to see because Debbie is on the phone. She's on a cell phone. She's saying, I'm just having lunch with my brother and his wife. And Noah says, and me. And Debbie uh, chimes back, and Noah. Lisa says, and me. Yeah. And Debbie says, and Lisa. And then she takes a beat and says, yep, that's the one. And we see them. And we see Lisa just kind of give a look. Yeah. And then Jamie gives a look over to Lisa. <laughs> it's it's very funny that Lisa is talked about. Yes. By by other people. It's fun to see that. So they begin to they they right before they start having a uh, a further conversation, the phone rings again, and she answers it. Noah asks Paul, Uncle Paul, how do they make crayons? And Paul says, Well, they take the same kind of wax as the wax from bees. And they color it with crayons they already have. That's basically what he says in not so many words. I learned how they made crayons from Sesame Street. Also, it's hard for me to tell if he's an idiot or just being silly. I I think he's an idiot. I think he's trying. I think he's trying to have. Like you can't the, guess that they use dye to color the wax, Paul. He does. Yeah, he doesn't have the right answer. I'm no genius, but he wants to sound like he knows. I got a yeah. hunch. <laughs> and then condensation is blowing in a glass yeah that's the next thing that happens he blows in a glass and says that's condensation that's not condensation no oh paul i got two he topics wants... you should make a documentary on <laughs> noah decides he wants to sit next to jamie and so they switch seats jamie keeps banging his or rather uh, noah keeps banging his spoon on the table and Jamie's not having it. She wants to play who could be quiet the longest. He starts banging his spoon and says, I lose. Yeah, that never works. No. Noah says to, out loud, I'm bored. And <laughs> that's what the other one used to say, Ryan. Right, right. No, he would say, do something. Yeah, but that started with, right. I'm bored. I'm bored. Do, do something. something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Noah says, I'm bored. And Debbie, a different kind of mother, says, mingle. <laughs> I missed that. That's great. Yeah, which is great. And then we hear the recorder, but we're looking at Noah and he doesn't have it. Oh, don't worry. Lisa's playing the recorder at the table. There's that juxtaposition. Oh, love it. So Noah wants to now change seats again and sit between Paul and Jamie. Which is mingling. Yeah, that's true. That's good. He's only doing what he was told. Mm -hmm. So he switches around. They, they all switch around a little bit again. And Noah is not eating his burger. And uh, yeah, so there they'll he'll eat it later or he won't jamie asks debbie how did you learn how to do this and debbie says my first kid uh yeah he, she learned through doing it with her first kid and then she asks when are you guys gonna start trying and the two have switched positions so yes at this point paul is saying maybe soon and jamie is saying not for a while we get back to the apartment and paul is enamored with noah yeah, he's he had a blast. He's, he's he had a blast, regaling her with stories that she witnessed. Yeah, so much fun, and she's having a different perspective yes. on this. Murray is looking under the couch for something, <laughs> which Paul retrieves and throws for Murray to to get. Yeah, and then Paul says, oh. "I don't think." What's up? Are you mad because I skipped a joke? No, I just remember where it's going now. Yeah, it's not good. 
It's not, I, I thought about it a second ago and I was just like, well, we have to do this quickly. So Paul says, I don't think that having a kid is going to be all that tough. It's like having Murray, but with overalls. And Jamie at this point is having second thoughts about wanting to have a kid. And that's when the fantasy sequence happens. The apartment is full of baby stuff. They've got tons of toys and bags. It's stupid. They go out into the hallway where there are more toys and bags. It's a fine joke. They just have all the crap they get together and then they leave and they're like, what about the baby? And she's like, we already have too much stuff. The end. Next. (laughs) We cut to Sylvia's. And Sylvia is asking, they're, they're, she, they're oh. explaining that they've already eaten. So, Sylvia, this scene sucks. This uh, scene sucks. I was just going to say, we talk about the fact that Paul used to call mashed potatoes mushed potatoes, which for I a think minute is only interesting at best to the character Jamie Buckman. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I couldn't care less. No. He used to call them mushed potatoes. He would say mush, and even if it's we did care, so long. you say it. What well, we used to call them mushed potatoes. Oh, really? Wow. Great. The, moving on. Instead, it's mushed, mushed, mushed potatoes. Yeah. No, I do and, love and when he's like, "Ma, why don't you quit the floor show and sit down?" Yes, that part is funny. <laughs> no, this scene's very long, and basically, yeah. just the point is they had sex. She, she Paul was yeah. conceived on the kitchen table. Yeah, and that's uh, the scene. That's the scene. Yeah, <laughs> because and she was wooed. Oh, that part. Sylvia was wooed. Sylvia was wooed because Bert was doing his Maurice Chevalier. She does a great job with that monologue. Yes, you know how I love Frenchmen. She says. Yeah, he went and on vacation. Yeah. He took vacation, which he went back when he used to take vacation. I mean, this is a beautiful right. monologue. It's, you learn it's, a lot about the two of them. Yeah, I guess. I, I look. I'm sure you do. I didn't care. And what it's like to be married at 19. She's like, we didn't have money in in those days, so we went to Coney right. Island. We went to the movies. Yeah. We yeah. had a frat we were our own vacation. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And they saw Gigi at the Lowe's. You know, it's yeah. sweet. And yeah. It's sweet. Imagine Louis Zurich dancing as Marie Chevalier in the living room. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So Paul was conceived on their kitchen table. Whatever. We go back yeah. to Cue Paul and Jamie's apartment. Kid reaction on the TV show. <laughs> Jamie well, says, I'm, It is funny, though. W- what is funny? Well, he's like, You wouldn't even let me put my elbows on the table. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. When we get back to Paul and Jamie's, they have a great, a great first two lines where Jamie says, I've never seen so much food in my life. Paul says, this is how I grew up. No meals, just food until you lie down and cry. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. So Jamie goes into the bedroom to put on her fat pants and Paul takes the opportunity to use his new belt hole puncher from his Swiss Army knife. Great. I thought that was great. Wonderful use. So they talk for a little bit about uh, what, yeah, they talk about what parts of them will be passed down by, uh, to the baby. And it's sweet. Sure. It's yeah. It's the kind of sweet that makes you rub your eyes right now. No, it's because it's a sweet scene that ends up going, we go back into the fantasy head. We do. And now their baby's a monkey. Yeah. And it's a cute monkey. Why is their baby a monkey? I don't get it. I didn't get it. I don't get it. It makes no sense. It comes out of nowhere. It's not funny. I it's, guess because the features not are not rooted weird. in anything. I I don't I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought what it was going to be Paul dressed up as like a baby or something. This I guess this is better. Yeah, because this is this fantasy is happening in Paul's mind. Right. And yeah, I, I guess 
I guess Paul thinks about babies being monkeys. I don't know. It's stupid. So we go back to riffs. And now it's time for the third of three lunches. Yes. And it's with Ira and Fran. And yeah, Ira is talking to Paul saying, <laughs> this is great at the top of this. Two years. When are you going to have kids? Paul says, when are you going to get married? Ira says, all right, truce. I love that. I've lived that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and he orders a Zima. He does. He orders a Zima amongst other drinks. And first, he says, I'm curious. First drink I ever bought. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Well, as in, in the, it's sure. a long story. Yeah. Sure, sure. How'd you like? Good stuff? Delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's like a Smirnoff ice. Sure. Yeah. But less sugary. That's true. So. So Jamie and Fran are in a different part of Riffs. And Jamie says, or rather Fran says, having a kid's like going to Europe. It's a great big pain in the ass, but you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ira is talking to Paul about how having a kid costs $40,000 a year. I love this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. He's got all of these specifics about where his friend spent money. I just love how they're talking about him like he's an adult. It's so funny to me. Like Ira's like, he drives <laughs> yeah. a Schwinn. He drives. Yes, that's funny. Paul's like, you can get them cheaper. You just got to know where to go. Yeah. He says maybe he's embezzling from him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ira basically has a list of expenses for this kid. Yeah. I mean, they are it's a good. lot. But that kid's yeah. a lot, a lot. Mm. <laughs> and Ursula thinks that Ira and Paul are named Bill and Dave. And she, when they ordered drinks earlier, she did not get them. And when questioned about it, she says, you guys were serious? I thought you were just pulling one of your Bill and Dave mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. Very silly. Very fun. And then we cut back That's to the market. the market. Everyone's favorite place to hang out. <laughs> Paul is Paul and Jamie are there. Paul is asking, what do you have for nausea? I got Pepto. I got Bromo. I got Alka-Seltzer. It's great. He also says it depends. Do you want to get nausea or not get nausea? Yeah, what do you think that means? He's got some drugs? No, I th I don't think it means he's got some drugs. I think it means that they're like uh, maybe Ipecac. What's Ipecac? Ipecac is a uh, uh, an herb that is supposed to, that uh, induces vomiting. Wow, Russ, very smart. Yeah. Um and uh or so, so yeah, it could be that. And so then Tammy starts going into labor. What is it? back. Should I call the doctor? Oh, where's Mark when you need him? You know, he was a doctor. Why don't you sit down, honey? Get something we can use as a pillow. As a pillow. As a pillow. We got, uh, got, uh, I got flower socks. I, I got marshmallows. I got paper towels. <laughs> hey, guys. Mark, Mark, thank God. Oh, what's going on? Oh, where's it hurt? Ah, uh, yeah, probably labor. In her back? Yeah, very often labor pains are experienced to severe back spasms, especially if the baby's in an occipital posterior position. See, a regular delivery boy wouldn't know this. <laughs> Should we get her to a hospital? No, no, you got hours. Kim, you know what you do? Take her for a walk, relax, maybe go to a movie. Play with her nipples. What the hell is the matter with you? Well, well, no, 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 it stimulates labor. Let's go. Let's go. Is that true about the nipples? Yeah. How do you know that? Because a friend of mine, her doctor told her husband to bring her to orgasm. It induces labor. Oh, jeez. What? Like the guy doesn't have enough things on his mind? <laughs> Mark comes in. Always nice to see him as a doc. Yeah, totally chill. Knows what he's talking Knows about everything. a little bit. Suggests playing with her nipples. That was funny. Jen pointed out a little bit of weirdness in Helen Hunt's responses here. Because when 
Mark says, play with your nipples. Helen Hunt says, uh, Jamie says, are you out of your mind? And then they leave. Oh, and then Jamie And Paul says it. to Jamie, hey, does that work? And Jamie's like, yeah, it does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, then what are you talking about? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't she's, a she's a liar. She's a she's a liar. So from there, we cut we cut from the grocery store to the grocery store because it's yes. later on in time. Grocery int grocery store later. Xed. Yeah. The first. Oh first right, we got we're to, outside. Oh yeah, we cut between outside. the in and the out. The in and the yeah. We're, <laughs> we're coming in, and Mark is cleaning fruit, and Mark says. Hey, Jamie, is this a tomato or what? Jamie says, it's a beauty. Mark says, yeah, tomato. What a great idea. Okay. Now, that's a funny, weird thing. But also, I'm like, yeah, tomato's coming back into play. Wait, that's it? Yep, that's it. I told you you'd be disappointed. Uh, okay. <laughs> I told you. You were like, ooh, something's coming down. I was like, no, nah, we're relaxed. Well, I don't even know what that bear's mentioning. I, I think <laughs> that's funny. To say that I, to you. To me, yeah. Uh, I, look, if it if it was a spice, you'd be pooping yourself right now. Uh, so they go inside, and Jamie meets the baby. Mm-hmm. And the baby's named Rose. <laughs> the baby is a sled. So <laughs> Jamie gets to hold the baby. And then... We cut to the we cut back to Mark and Paul is arriving. How many years did you go to college? Four. And then med school? Four. How long were you an intern? One year. And then a resident? Two. Good. Give me a pound of grapes. <laughs> oh, this is a great run. So great. Yeah. I loved this moment. They are so good together. Oh gosh. It's so smooth and per oh. Yeah. It feels it feels perfect. It feels great. Paul enters, finds Jamie with the baby, and Paul says, you smell that, that baby smell? Jamie says, you were here before? Paul says, yeah. I stopped to smell the rose. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't mind Which, the corny end on this show. But it's sweet. Not to mention, look, it's corny, but also, uh, look, do you remember? Do you remember Mark saying Yeah, Mark that says you got to stop and smell the rose. There you go. And that's, oh, boy. And then we get a gr- we get Russ on the saxophone taking us out. Because <laughs> Jamie wants to get pregnant. I want to be pregnant. Hey, listen, you let me know if there's anything I can do for you. I will. You have any idea when I'll be getting this call? I'm not exactly sure. Tell me again, why, why would I be doing this? Because you're in love with me. That's what it is. Oh, there's a clip there. Yep. Ah. Yep. Jamie wants. Uh, Jamie tells Paul oh, that she yeah, wants yeah. to get pregnant. Right. Then we got a sax taking us out. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well. And that's a wrap on season two. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. I can't believe we did it. I can't two believe two seasons we it. so far, man. Man, oh man. It feels like we just started. It's only been a year, but we did two. Yeah. That feels. It. It feels. It feels good to have wrapped this one up. Season two felt like a long time. I mean, look, season one felt like it went a long time too. And yet, at the same time, yeah, it does feel like we're just uh, we're just kicking things off. So you're saying sometimes it feels long, and some other times it feels short. Yeah, I thought that was worth mentioning. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
So rise guys, rise gals. Thank you so much for listening today and for the first two seasons worth of episodes. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. It's it's so much fun. Yeah. It's a real a real joy to be able to do this. And we can't believe that uh, you pay attention and you interact and that you rate and review and that you like what you hear. Russ it's, is smelling it, the rose right now. It, <laughs> it means the world to us. We're going to take... Uh, well, next week we'll have a mini-sode mm-hmm. where we discuss Paul Reiser's new show, There's Johnny on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sure will. Yeah, well, we recoup and figure out uh, if we're changing anything or doing anything different or whatever in season three. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we'll not. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, we'll re- get everything back together and then we'll uh, forge on yeah. into the next one. You'll be hearing from us. Please rate and review us over at Apple Podcasts. It does mean a lot. It doesn't take a lot of time and it would uh, really help us out. And you can tweet at us at MadAboutYouPod. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on... You know what? You can come, come, and, see, come and see my show if you're in the city, in New York City. Public Pool does musical improv every Tuesday night. We're a really fun group. And, 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 if you happen to be in the city on Sunday, March 25th, 6.15 p.m., uh, I'm putting on an improvised musical Seder at the Magnet Theater. Interesting. With a whole bunch of Jewish musical improvisers. That sounds great. Yeah, a little thing I've, I've, I've had kicking around in my head. It's it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, the show is, uh, I believe we're currently calling it The Jewsical Seder. Great. So yeah, come on by. It's it's going to be it's going to be really great. Anything anything you want to point people to, John? Oh, well, we just uh, my episode of uh, former podcast guests, uh, Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson have their own podcast called uh, Make Me Like It. Where people, uh, the guests come on and convince them uh, that things, well, they try to get them to like something that uh, people don't normally like. And I went on there a couple months ago and convinced them that waiting in lines was fun, which is a belief I have, or at least can be fun. Let me put it that way. Uh, And that dropped today. So check it. It's a great podcast. They're hilarious. Make me like it on HeadGum with Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson. And if you like them, listen to uh, the episode they they appeared on of ours. Yeah. Uh, Go back to the vault. Yeah. Same time next week is the episode of that one. I forget which number. 36 or something. Yeah. Or something. Or something. But yeah, check it out. What a great plan. So, yeah, do all those things. You got homework now. And now the only thing you have to do is listen to our theme song, which goes like this. It is by Mr. John D. Ivy. Thank you so much for the... <laughs> thanks for the music, John. And our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie. You can find him on Twitter, at Nathan, D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you very much, Nathan. And our sound was mixed by Vuk Ivanovich. Thank you. Vuk, you're the best. John, you're the best. Russ, you're great. <laughs> Feels a little bit less. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're Rise, more guys. great than anyone else. rise guys and rise gals thank you thank you thank you this has been another episode of mad about mad about you i'm russ fader i'm john marbley and And this this is is what what we're we're saying. saying